Blog Talk Radio. Well, I want to say good evening, or, well, good morning, because there very well may be people listening all over the world. Uh, got people from the Philippines sometime in other countries. But anyway, I should say shalom or greetings or howdy. <laughs> anyway, I um, want to welcome everyone to another, another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the Five Smoothstone Network. I'm Brother Seth. And I really, really, really thank you for your time tonight. Um, a lot of prayer, meditation have went into this show tonight. I mean, folks, really, it really has. Um, so much going on in our world, so much going on in our world. It's one of those shows that take a lot out of me. Um, you'll see what I mean as we go on a little further. But, folks, listen. Um Like I said, there's a lot going on. It really is. And I don't know quite where to start. We almost did an open forum tonight because it's just that much happening, you know, with the impeachment process uh, possibly happening with Trump and the police shootings, uh, just more and more and more. It seemed like by the day, um, just cops are just losing it and just taking the lives of African Americans all over the country. And uh, people are trying to give them alibis and trying to say everything than what it is, which is murder. Murder. So, I want to do something a little different. I don't normally do this, uh, but this particular show, I think I want to open up with a word of prayer, because I don't I don't like, uh, I, I always pray over my shows, but I don't always pray on the show, because I don't want people to think that we're trying to be super spiritual or holy than now or any of those things, so I just, just don't pray. I pray more so kind of in the background. But tonight I think I will offer a word of prayer to the Father, uh, asking his blessings with you. Uh, that's the difference between praying in the background and praying with you. I could actually uh, get you involved. So I want to get you involved very serious, folks. I know a lot of people like to hear things. They, they're they at work or they're going down the road and they just want to hear something controversial. This is not one of those shows, folks. We really, really, really are looking for answers. Our people are dying. They really, really are dying. A lot of heartache, a lot of funerals. And if there was, wasn't funerals this month, there was funerals last month. If there wasn't funerals last month, there was a, someone died a year ago. We all know somebody um, that's uh, in some way affiliated or associated with these killings, and there's nothing to play with. It's very, very serious. And so I just want to offer up a word of prayer, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, so if you agree with the prayer after I'm done, just simply say, yes, yes, Father, or amen, or, or okay? But dear Heavenly Father, Yahweh Israel, we just want to thank you first and foremost for your love, for your mercy, for your kindness. Father, we just thank you that you are committed to your word. And uh, you, you're not, you're, you, 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 the scripture says you watch over your word to perform it. And we believe that, Father. We believe it, and we thank you for your commitment to fulfill the scriptures. And, and Father, uh, as Christ said many times, this must be done, that must be done, I must go here, I must go there, that it might be fulfilled. We know that everything has to be fulfilled according to prophecy. As Father, tonight, I lift up this show with my brothers and sisters listening all over possibly the world. Father, we just ask that you will bless this show uh, uh, by way of the voices that will be speaking tonight. Speak to your people. Encourage the hearts of people. A lot of people feel hopeless, despondent, feeling like uh, it's us against the world. The 
feeling like, where are you? They don't they don't believe that some some of some some is even doubting that you even care. Father, we ask that you would through this show tonight encourage hearts and let them know that you not only care, but you are already working on the the problem and you already have a solution. It's already in the making and that there is hope. There is lots of hope. There is lots of great living ahead. There's lots of hope ahead, even in America. Father, just ask you to just, just, just remind us of your love and your care and your consistency, uh, your consistency to, to take care of us, Father. Uh, uh, ask that you would just, as the scripture says, you, by the Holy Spirit, we have some called a comforter. Just ask you by your spirit to comfort the hearts of the listeners that will be listening tonight and even in the future. Father, again, I just ask for your love and your mercy to be shown through the various things said, as well as the truth, as well as the brutal truth that a lot of people need to face in the mirror. And uh, help us to be responsible with the realities that have been dealt with us, but at the same time remember another reality uh, uh, in the spiritual realm, hope in the spiritual realm, and even hope that already in the natural realm, victories all around us, people that have encountered these these racist police, uh, uh, be it whatever color, whatever uh, uh, ethnic group they're part of, uh, help us to remember those that have defeated these these people full of evil, uh, these 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 mindsets of white supremacy that have been defeated over and over by uh, individuals just like us every day. They're trusted to Most High. They lean to Your Spirit. Father, help us to remember uh, those victors that we may be encouraged in these last and evil days. Father, we thank you for your love. More importantly, we, we thank you for the Messiah, uh, Yeshua, that come to die for us, uh, to, 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 to make it available for us to have a relationship to you, to be able to come to you boldly, 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 boldly. And we do just that. We come to you boldly. Father, we thank you for your angels that have been sent to this earth, and we thank you for the gifts of the Spirit that operates in us to protect us from hurt, harm, and danger, the spirits that rise up in us, be it the spirit uh, that, that impart to us those precious gifts, uh, gifts of healers, gifts of miracles for our protection, gifts of discerning of spirits for our protection. Father, we thank you for the gifts of faith given to us for our protection and for the furtherance of your kingdom. We thank you for angelic protections that are here today on this earth for our protection. Those of us that seek you and seek to follow you, Father, I just ask that by this show tonight that we will encourage uh, brothers and sisters, including ourselves, to continue to seek your face and seek uh, your face, and, and you will, by your spirit, lead and guide us in and out of dangers. As you said in Psalms 23, you will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Father, I just thank you for your love tonight. We are not hopeless. We are not destitute. But we are full of hope, and we just thank you for your sure enough absolute power all around us. These things we pray in the Messiah's name. We come as he came. We walk in the authority that he gave us through you authorizing it. Father, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We can never thank Yahweh Israel enough. Amen. All right, folks had to offer that word of prayer. Folks, we are a powerful, powerful people. We're not hopeless. Human beings have some call a wheel that is more powerful than an atomic bomb. 
And when we set our will in motion to line up with the scriptures and line up with what the Father said he would do to protect us, folks, our enemy has a war on their hands because the Most High will come through. And this host tonight is presenting that really, truly is our premier weapon. I guess that was the most proper way you can start a show, but let's do it like we normally do it. Let the song play a little bit. We'll be right back, folks. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. 
And again, I want to welcome everyone to another episode on this Blog Talk Radio. Um, this is the network, the Five Smooth Stone Network. We thank Blog Talk for uh, being around where we can just constantly come at you. Folks, again, um, tonight is a very serious topic. I'm going to go ahead and read the show description since many of you just have the phone number to call, so you will you will know what's going on. Uh, earlier, I sent this out to hundreds of you, not actually thousands of you. <laughs> Solutions for unprovoked murders nationwide of African Americans by whites. Tonight is for those wanting to deal in reality about police and others literally murdering African Americans in cold blood. While many are clear that these unprovoked murders are due to some so-called whites feeling white genetic annihilation or whites fearing white genetic annihilation, others hold beliefs of pure irrational hatred. One more time. While many are clear that these unprovoked murders are due to some so-called whites fearing white genetic annihilation, others hold beliefs of pure irrational hatred, etc. Whatever the reason, so-called blacks in America are being murdered, mostly unknown outside of the media. Oftentimes, these deaths are these deaths are competent with evidence of white supremacist ideology, and that is true. That is true, and maybe we'll get into it a little bit. But folks, the proof is out there. All types of uh, findings that the police have infiltrated uh, our uh, the uh, Klan and white supremacists have infiltrated our police departments, and this is even acknowledged by congressmen. And not that the, whatever they say is so true, but they have said it. Uh, uh, a lot of our key leaders have said it. I remember Louis Farrakhan years ago talked about the upgrading of the police department nationwide and how it was, uh, how basically it was getting ready for a war. So he said it a long time ago, but um, Maxine Waters and other Congress people have come to say that is exactly what's happening. The Klan have disappeared off the streets and into the police departments, and we believe a lot of them are murdering our children in the streets and even some of us. But remember, folks, as gloomy as the show, if the show may get us, we go on and talk about because we got to talk about what's happening. Some of y'all living on the rock. You don't want to believe your police department would do this. It's not all police. And by the way, I want to shout out to those police officers out there that are serving, and you are trying your best to make a, 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 a difference. You said when you was a kid, I want to make a difference. You became a policeman, and you're out there doing the right thing. This show, at the same time, pay high homage to you. And I mean it. True, 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 true love and respect for you at this Five Foot Stone Network. Okay, so some of y'all is tripping, talking about, you know, you know, thinking I'm on some hatred, hate the white man, hate cops, uh, hating on blue. Listen, this is Five Foot Stone Network. It's a love network. And it ain't that crazy, goofy kind of love. We just love any, you know, just... <laughs> That silly kind of love that actually empowers the wicked. No, this is the love I believe and I hope and I pray is the same love that the Father have, which at times is a, a, a tough love, which at times brings judgment, and at times, yes, even death. Even death in self-defense. So, folks, again, tonight we do honor and respect those officers that have done a great job and are doing a great job. Obviously, I don't believe it's most police officers, but there's a lot of police officers. But this show is not just uh, uh, our only talk. We're not just going to single out just the cops. We're talking about 
all kind of uh, people taking the lives of African Americans and uh, even our own people. We'll hit that a little bit uh, because sometimes, sometimes we give our own people a, 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 a bypass and a, a pass when in reality we killing ourselves, we killing each other more than they are, and people just seem to overlook that. I know it hurts more when others do it. Uh, well, so that could be debated too, but folks, tonight we want to talk about uh, 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 police shootings uh, because these are people, oftentimes when our brothers and kill each other, it's because of have value. They're fighting over something, turf war with drugs, girlfriends. Just, they don't have value, so they, they're quick to take a life, unlike other ethnic groups. That's normally what black, so-called black-on-black crime is all about. But when you got a police officer, we pay uh, through our taxes to, to protect and, and, and uh, to serve and protect, and they literally are murdering us. Folks, folks, hello, that is something completely different. And it's not just white officers. We got to say that too. Again, our people just don't have the kind of value they should have, and that's one reason this network, the Five Smooth Network, start talking, talks about, preaches about, on and on and on about the value of us as a people being Israelites, because we're trying to raise the bar, let everybody see that we are are very powerful, very important people onto this planet, and that we gave our people. Our ancestry, our bloodline, literally gave this planet a more balanced view of how to see the Father, and that we are the first family of the Bible. So know that, okay, as we tackle this very complicated show tonight. All right, we have a moderator in the house, uh, Brother John Clark, who's going to be the moderator in the show tonight, a.k.a. Brother Joseph Clark. Uh, he's going to be in the house tonight, so I'm going to go in and go take a, I guess we take a plane or a bus and bring this brother home all the way in forward Texas. So let's do just that. Um, if we can find him. So if you're on this phone line, my goodness, they have come out. Thank you, brothers and sisters. If you're in the chat room, you have questions or comments, go ahead and press one and we'll... I'm not press one, I'm sorry. If you're in the chat room, you have a question, go ahead and type your question with question marks before and after, and we'll get to those questions as soon as we can. I'll be monitoring the chat room, but I won't ignore you. Uh, but let's go to the phone lines. I found in Brother John John Clark. Brother Joseph is in the house. Okay, uh, Brother John, are you there? I'm here. What's good? Well, Brother, the show is in your hands. Sorry I went over a little bit, but I just wanted to pray, number one. And I wanted to, uh, it's a lot of fear, John. It's a lot, a lot of worry, a lot of panic out there. A lot of people feel like, where is the Father? Does he care about us? You know, we're in the hands of these people. And then, and believe it or not, John, as you know, when you do that, when you don't see the Father, you only see the power of the people that oppress you, you begin to kind of worship them in, in some kind of way. Uh, people don't understand worship, but if you constantly fear it and talk about how powerful they are, that is worship. So go ahead, brother. And uh, Brother Ellis Shirk, he's going to be in the house. He's going to be joining us. He may be running a little late. I don't see him yet, but so far it's just Brother, you and I tonight. But go ahead. The mic is in your hand. Very well, very well. Uh, Folks, obviously this is a a pretty important uh, subject that we're discussing, discussing tonight. It's literally all over social media as well as the news and the uh i think for me what's important to understand is that whatever the system is allowing us to see um look the other way 
And when I say look the other way, I'm not saying turn your back on what you're seeing. What you're seeing is true. But what's happening that allows this to make it through the B system? And when I say the B system, what I mean is they control all of the media. Uh, You think that you went viral on social media. No, Facebook allowed you to go viral on social media. You think that there's a particular subject that's really uh, hitting the airwaves, be it radio, be it TV, be it MSNBC, Fox, CNN. No, that's what they want you to see. Uh, Again, I hate to sound like the conspiracy theorist because to me it's not a theory. It just simply is. What Seth was saying moments ago, I would absolutely uh, echo that being that we have a situation where it's not all white people. It's not all uh, white officers. It's not all black officers. However, what's taken place has now created an environment where persons who may not have been as hostile when getting pulled over are now hostile. Why? Because they don't trust the police. The police isn't trusting of them. (laughs) And now you have a hostile situation. Now, there's a lot more to be said about that. I'm not going to take that time to have that discussion at this point in time. I want everyone to be able to have the opportunity to jump on, say their piece. But um, you can be assured that what you're seeing is orchestrated. Uh, It's not happenstance. Uh, It's meant to take place at this time, at this day, at this hour, and there's something behind it. And that's what I watch. I don't necessarily watch what's actually coming across the news feed. I I look to see why is this coming across to the degree that it's coming across. Uh, That's the way that I look at it. So, everyone. Well, let me uh, me ask you a question, moderator, if you don't mind. You know, I know you're getting ready to set all this up, but because people are victims of police pulling them over. Harassing them. Not everybody's dying, but many, 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 many people have been harassed by the police. And there's far, 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 far more African Americans than it is any other people. That is a fact. A lot of people are dying, shot, holding cell phones, girls going to the one that they've been playing with their nephew, women just holding cell phones, and and obviously. There really is the plan the police department, as I'm sure as you know. So what do you say to those people that are hearing you and saying, yeah, I know there's a higher power that's orchestrating what we hear, but for sure this is going down. And it's only going down not with uh, Africans, not with Indians, not with whites, but it's sticking out like a big old elephant in the room. It's us. And so what do you have to say to them that say, well, yeah, I, I, I believe there's a high power. It always is. It always, you know, there's, there is something guiding all of this. But, brother, I call you a show because I just experienced this. I, I knew that girl that got shot. What should we do? What do you have to say to them? Because I know you're talking about, again, it was, uh, we know that everything starts in the spiritual realm. That's as top as it gets. Everything, everything, evil and good. Not always the father, sometimes it's evil spirits, but we know everything starts spiritual and it's trickled down through powers. And we know that those powers do oftentimes 
they're making sure racism is being racism is being put out there, white supremacists. And they they're controlling us with what we see true. But these cops is full of whatever they are putting or whatever they're feeding them, and they are killing us. Comment on that if you could, please. I think it's readily apparent, along with all the curses that you see in Deuteronomy 28. <clears throat> I think it's readily apparent that we would be the focus of their anger, their disdain, because we've always been the focus of that. <clears throat> There's very few persons that you can point at who you can say they were brought here and they were treated in the way that we've been treated. There's persons who came here of their own volition and they were treated poorly. Or there's persons, <clears throat> I don't even know who you can say were brought here. But the one thing is for certain is that this is nothing more than another sign of who it is that we are. Uh, as you all well know, <clears throat> this is pretty much Seth's. Brother Seth, this is what Brother Seth says. I don't really harp on the fact that we're Israel. I know that we are. I don't harp on it. That's brother. That's what Brother Seth does. <clears throat> Not that that's good nor bad. I'm just saying that's that's what he's called to do. I'm not called to do that, but I recognize that we have reached that 400-year mark, and now all hell is breaking loose. The, more importantly, more importantly, there is an obvious parallel between us and our ancestors in Egypt. We can, you can see this obvious parallel. That parallel being, it gets worse and it gets worse. So, folks, this is not the end of it just yet because those plagues got worse and worse. Those plagues got so bad in Egypt till Egypt said, get the hell out. Pharaoh's white right-hand man said, look, don't you see that Egypt is destroyed? You don't see this? That's how bad it got. Folks, it hasn't gotten that bad yet, but it's going to. And you all may say, well, why are you saying that, Brother John? You shouldn't say those things. I'm telling you what the book says. And the book, and again, this almost goes back to what uh, Brother Leonard uh, was stating when he was explaining about types and shadows that, you know, that's something that was used to deceive. Folks, I'm looking at a type and a shadow. I'm looking at a, a, a people that have become a nation inside of a nation. That's what happened with Israel. They became a nation inside of a nation. Brother Seth, what is our gross domestic product here in the United States? I believe you said we were like well, seventh in the world. 1.23. Folks, that is a country. We, we're smacking down. Our gross domestic product is smacking down actual countries. I want to make sure I put the right title. I don't, I don't know if it, I would say if, if it was a GMP, but it's our buying, buying power. It's how much money flows through our hands. That's probably the same Correct. as GMP, but I'm not an economist. Right. That's okay. The, my point is this. If you want to see the outcome of this, go to Exodus <clears throat> because God sends a savior through one of the Israelites. 
that Israelite is going to be Yahawashah, the Messiah. He's going to be the one who comes back <coughs> and gets his people. And when he gets his people, it's not before he puts foot to asses in the Bible, right, brother? Seth, I can say that on your Well, you know, maybe maybe I overstepped my boundaries, but I know that he came into Jerusalem on an ass. I'm just saying. And so I think that he will put foot to ass when he comes back because it's right there for you to read it. As a matter of fact, you can read in the Bible, in Revelation, you can read how the kingdoms of this world, man's kingdoms, you can read how they will be conquered. It's not going to just be one fell swoop. There were seven trumps in Joshua, and there's going to be seven trumps in Revelation. There was 144,000, which represented the first fruits in Revelation. You see they took 12 men out of each tribe and told them to grab a stone so that when your children say, hey, what is this big heap of stones for? This is what happened when we came to this land and we conquered it. Folks, it's right there for you to, it's, it's right there. It's right there. So if someone were to come to me and I, I speak a bit more plain than most, I'd be like, <laughs> be on your P's and Q's. And again, for me, for me, I've been pulled over. Uh, oh my gosh! Oh, I've been pulled over so many times. It's ridiculous. But I did not go off on the police. As a matter of fact, the police started to go off on me until he recognized that I didn't fit the demographic. I wasn't <clears throat> coming off in a particular type, uh, and he gave me. Uh, actually, he the, the, the various police they were kinder. They would let me drive away with no license. Why? Because I was being respectful. If you have a police person who's already feeling the heat from his captain, from the media, from social media, possibly friends and family, and next thing you know, he's pulling me over, there may be some heat that he wants to deliver. Folks, I'm very careful with how I deal with the police. Other people are not. I'm not saying that that's what saved me. All I'm saying is that that's the advice I give my kids. Be respectful. And, and nowadays, videotape everything. It's to save lives. You yeah, saying, Brother yeah. Well, and, and Brother Elishua, we're going to go to him. Before I go to Elishua, uh let me just go to Brother Elishua, then I'll, I'm going to make this comment, okay? <laughs> um, let's go to him right about now. Okay, Brother Elishua, again, all the way in the city of Fort Worth, our very common voice we very used to hear on, on the Fastful Cell Network. Brother Elishua, welcome to the program, brother. Brother Elishua? Okay, I don't know what's going on with that, but he just dropped. Well, listen, let me just let me just say this, folks. This is what I do when I see those lights go off in the back of my car. And I'm not trying to be holier than thou. Many of you live circles around me. Uh, 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 I don't know if I say many, but I think those are some people, probably many if you're talking about the planet. Uh, because I do try to live right, I really do. But I have issues in my life like a lot of people do. But folks, listen. What do you do when a person says, 
am going to go out here and take the life of a nigger. And they know to make sure certain things is in line in order for that to happen. Number one, there's not very many witnesses. Number two, there ain't nobody with no cell phone. Number three, hopefully it's in the nighttime. I mean, what do you do? What, what do you do? You can't pull out a pistol and go shooting at a cop just because he pull you over. What, is he, what, what do you do when somebody say, I want to take a nigga's life tonight? Tired of, you know, messing up our country. We're going to be annihilated, you know, 50 years and 20, I think. I forget what is, whatever. What, 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 what is the year when they're going to be a minority? I forget, but it's a fact. It's not myth. It's a fact. White people, as you know, it is, is, is so-called a group, which is not nothing the father sanctioned. This is something they made up. They made up. They are calling themselves white, and we are saying it also based off, off of a lie. And now they feel like this is a group there that the father have ordained. The father want them around, looking the way they look, the white look, this thing that we see, and we say they go a white person. Well, not really. Not really. There's some, some dark-skinned people thousands of years ago that lost pigmentation. They constantly mix, 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 and they came out looking like that. And they are supposed to, on this earth, love everybody. And if they loved everybody and practice racism, those that do, not all, those that do, then there wouldn't be this many whites on this planet. I'm going to say it again. If it wasn't racism and wasn't white supremacist teachings, there would not be this many whites on this planet. They would be around because they are us, we are them, the soul of them, but there would not be this many white people. So you have to have racism in check to, to say we're better, don't mix, don't go, don't go here, don't associate with them. You have to have that division to keep the numbers around. So now that social media is born, it's breaking the back of white supremacy, and people are choosing to marry outside of their so-called group. Whatever group they come up with, it's, it's all fallen. It's just we become a melting pot. Well, they don't like that. So now Trump is born, talking about taking the country back and all of this, and these white males feel like now is the time. Let's go get our country back. And that means killing melanated people. Lots of people have said what I just said. Then there's other people that's killing for other reasons, just plain evil, some of them just, just, just all kind of reasons. But Brother Seth, when I see those lights go off, I first of all ask the Father for his mercy and for protection. And I take authority. I don't know if the evil spirit is involved in this or not. I don't know. Do you know? You don't know either, right? If there is an evil spirit present in that person, I speak in the spiritual realm because this is real. If you don't believe it, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know if I can go to war with people that don't believe in evil spirits, but I say... I take authority over any spirits operating in this police officer that is coming to bring me harm, spirits of racism, white supremacy, any compulsive thing driving this man is it's most of the time evil spirits. There is knowledge, lies, deception, ignorance, knowledge-based offenses where people have some in their head. But there's something, sometimes a person might even know better, but is driven by something. I mean driven. I'm talking about outside of the knowledge realm. Whether you're ignorant, whether you know better, whatever's in your head, I take authority over that. I do. And I bind it. And I know that the scripture says, well, that when we bind on this earth, it's bound him back. I'm back to you in a little bit, but John just got to say this really quick. Because that's good you brought that up. 
Folks, I do it. I take authority over those spirits. They're real. And the next thing I do, what if you're dealing with somebody that's not a spirit? It's not a spirit at all. They just got it in their head that they're going to kill a nigger because you, you, you acknowledge them. Well, they only want to kill a certain kind of person. They don't want to kill all black people. It's just that sometimes when they shoot through the window like they did the girl the other day, they don't care that much. You know, just you know that person just wants to kill that night. But they're all white police officers that befriend blacks. They're they're their friends. They go out with them. They go to church with them. So who are they trying to kill? They're looking for thugs, so-called thugs, guys that look like they would take their little daughters, guys that that are are, are disrespectful, even though these guys have the right to be disrespectful and live. They have a right to call them MF. They have that right. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. But they have that right in America. You can call a copy MF. You should be able to call a copy in America an MF and live. I'm not saying I'm not advocating that. I know y'all know better than that. What I'm trying to say is we got young people that do stuff like that. They do all kind of crazy stuff. They should. They have that right. But these cops have taken upon the upon their person to just act out and play God. So the next thing I do is I make sure I say yes, sir, no, sir. I make sure I don't have no sudden movements because some cops are so full of lies and deception. They literally fear us. Not all of them are scared. That's a lie, too. Not all of them are scared, but some of them are. So I make sure I move slow. You know, I never know what I'm doing before I do it. Um, you know, eye contact. Uh, if I ran the light or something, I say, officer, one paying attention. My bad. You know, hey, you know, trying to get to work, man. You know how it is. Oftentimes, I do one other step further. I do something called, I learned this in psychology. I appeal to, to the humanity. I'll say something that we both share. Like, you know, um, I'm not talking about none of that Uncle Tom stuff, folks. I'm talking about just the same skills you use on a job when you want to break the ice with people. Sometimes I say a little thing to break the ice, you know. If, if, he's, if he's laughing and kind of juvenile, I may mention something about the Cowboys or something, you know. Just something to break the ice. I, I, I'm not looking for a fight, in other words. Oftentimes, I don't ever get to show my insurance when I present myself like that. Now, everybody that put me around also come to the Cowboys, I'm not saying that, but I mean, if we get into a conversation, I might say something like they have, you know. So it just depends. I may talk about, um, the, you know, the traffic at the airport. They pull me over and say, hey, you know, you know, whatever it is, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Just whatever is relevant. Cowboys may not be relevant. But my point is, I appeal to his humanity as I learned in psychology class because oftentimes they feel like we're so much different than them. And so when you do that, it's kind of like we just like me. And when they see that, it's hard to hurt someone that look like you or that have the same, you know, oftentimes I let them know what I'm doing. I'm going to work. So you know how it is, man. We got I, Watch my lingo here. You know how it is, man. We got to make a living for our families. Here I say that. Our families, again, appeal to their humanity. I'm not talking about no being no Stephen Fetching out there entertaining, making jokes. I'm not saying that, folks. It's a different spirit. Okay, but we've got to be like John said. We've got to be wise because folks, we are dying. It's not. It's no joke. They're killing everything. Moving folks getting shot in their house. Folks getting shot. You, as you heard before, well, many of you are living outside of the state of Texas. You may not heard this, but uh, a female was shot. Uh, just simply looking out of the window. She just was playing video games with her uh, uh, nephew and just shot. 
they, they're just they just looking for a reason to shoot us. Brother John, let's see if Brother LSU is joining us yet. I don't see his number. So go ahead. And, oh, here he goes. He's back. Let's try to bring him on again. He dropped the first time. Let's do it again here. Hold on one second. Air code 678559. Brother LSU, are you there? Good evening, everyone. Hey, brother, oh, evening, just give brother. me one second. Let me get this out. Give me just 30 seconds. Let me get this out. <laughs> I'm just kidding, L. I couldn't help it. <laughs> oh, okay, guys. You know, hey, uh, you can't get me tonight. What's good, man? I'm too tired. I'm too exhausted. I'm too laid back. You can't get me there tonight, okay? Okay. I, I right. appreciate you. What was that? What was that, John? That was you, sir. <laughs> That was my rendition of. Oh, 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 you trying to mock me? I got you. I got you. Soon as L came on, hold up, hold on, L. Let me get this out, man. Hold on, you, you've been talking the whole show. Let me get this out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. I just got to do that sometimes. I've been listening to you guys, uh, brother John. I, I came on. Um, my son, uh, his brother Seth, knowing he's so gracious and understanding this that. Um, my son is in the choir, and tonight was his first, um, you know, uh, concert that they did, and he actually did a solo. So um, kind of ran over, but I'd like to give them their time because we had set aside Tuesday some time ago. So I apologize to everyone, especially the audience, you know, for my for my tardiness and for my. Oh, uh, they knew you were running late, man. Yeah, they knew you were running late. It's okay. But I appreciate it. But uh, I, well, I what, do you th- what do you think I'm, of uh, what you've heard so far? Yeah, I, I mean, I have, I, I'm thoroughly impressed by what I'm listening to and what I'm hearing, and I feel like everything is on point, but I think that there's one element that, that needs to be addressed, and, and that is that what kind of police officers we're not dealing with, because we're not dealing with the same police officers that we dealt with 10 years ago. Oh, uh, so hold on one second. Let's, let's do this, because, uh, John, do you hear him? He's yeah. kind of like muffled. Yeah. There is so whatever you normally do, do it because we got to hear you, brother, for sure. You're gonna be doing most of the talking tonight, so we need your line very clear. So I don't know what you're doing. It's like you got us on speaker. Do what you normally do. No, I'm actually on. What is up is that I'm, let me turn it up a little bit. Is I'm actually on the same headset. Um, but what it is is I dropped my. What happened is a few minutes ago I just. You don't have to phone. give us all those details, but can you address yeah. it? No, no, that's why I come. You may have a problem because. What happened when you told you keyed me on well just a minute ago, I was getting ready to say hello and my phone and fell and hit the hit the ground. That's if so I had to put it back together and everything, so I don't know if the sound if that may be affecting the sound. But um what I was saying is that I was listening to you what you were saying, Seth, uh, in the the last points there, and I totally agree with you because um as everybody know, those who know me and Seth is, is definitely a uh, eyewitness testimony to this, is that I don't shy away from police officers. I take each situation as an individual given situation, and I try to handle it accordingly. As a matter of fact, I live 30 yards from the central police department in Fort Worth. I live downtown Fort Worth. So I'm around police officers every time I walk out my door. They're going to work, coming from work. They're going about their their, their duties. I speak to them. Um, However, at the same time, I'm always aware. I'm a very observant person, and, and I, normally when I see a police officer in passing, I make a note to look them in their eyes because that tells me a lot about them as to how they look back at me. It tells me a lot about who they – and in that few seconds, I'm able to discern if nothing else but what you said, Seth, and that is the spirit of the individual. And that's what we have to be aware of because remember, Seth, 
you can relate the stories how that there was an event one time, Brother Seth, I was with him and my wife, and we were sitting out in front of my grandparents' house. As a matter of fact, I think that um, Brother Seth, within a few weeks, was getting ready to move to Cincinnati. And we were sitting there one night, about 9, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, and we saw two police cars. We saw a car go by, and then we saw like two, then three, four police cars go by. And I was like, Seth, follow those police officers. Follow, that, follow them. And Seth was like, what? I was like, yes, yeah, I remember follow. that. Let's see what's going on. And we followed the police officers, and they went two blocks over. Well, there was a gentleman. He had got into his driveway, and he had got up to the front door. Everybody listen to this. Listen to this. This is a very powerful story. Those of you just not paying attention, you're going to hear this one. Go ahead. And for some reason, the gentleman appeared scared. I mean, literally. The guy who was driving the car, who they were pursuing, and it was for nothing more than a traffic violation, he appeared very frightened. And he wanted to just get home. He pulled the car into the driveway, got to the front door, and literally within probably within three minutes to four minutes to apprehend this one individual, there were 22 police cars and a helicopter over this thing. You would have think that literally we was in Beirut or something with the kind of response that it had. Now, remember, we are in a suburban neighborhood. This is a residential neighborhood. And the sergeant on, on the sergeant who was on duty, as I said, it all it takes was just to look in the eye and see. This guy was extremely belligerent. I can remember in the day, there was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white man stood about six months. And and so he was over the scene there at that time. And what he did is he walked out to the street, and the people were there in one particular person's yard who was close to the scene because this is a community that's lived together for tens of years, and they were observing what was taking place. He came out, he started screaming at us, and he started cursing at us. Now, if I said residents, that means you got young, old people, you got senior citizens. I mean, because it's amazing. You got 22 police cars up and down the street, and the helicopter's flying up above. He comes out, and he begins to scream at us. Get y'all, God dang, blah, 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 ass back up on the street. And literally, I could hear the older folks mumbling. Uh, and I'm not saying this because it's just to let you know, he'll finish the story if necessary. I'm not saying this to bring any glory to myself. I'm just saying this is a point to make. Now, remember what I said. There are at least 25 to 30 people, residents out there. What does that mean? 25 to 30 witnesses to what is taking place. Because I'm going to tell you another story that's going to contrast with me and the same individual, Brother Seth. Me and him on the and road. Brother, trip. And brother, brother is talking fast. He forgot to mention that they hogtied the gentleman. They hogtied yeah. him. It, 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 yeah, it, 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 it looked like a movie. It looked like a movie, folks. And out of all those police officers, and a, a cop, a chopper, or maybe two, I don't remember. I think it was just one. But it could have been two because it was, it was, they lit up that whole street. It looked like a movie scene like this. It looked like this. Take one, take two, and action. I mean, it was police officers, as far as you can see, and, and, and all of them was white. Folks, it looked like a gang. It didn't have no resemblance to police officers. The way they acted, the way they came, there was no blacks, is why I say that. There was no black officers. Now, the police have blacks on it. Why wasn't there at least one black? It's almost like a gang. So when we say things like, oh, the Klan is infiltrated, it's not just what the Congress people are saying. It's, this is old news. But go ahead, brother. I just wanted to add that. Yeah. And, and he did, they did. They hit his hog tied on the ground in, front of, in, in his front yard. And his mother was out there. She's watching this. And all you could, all you could kept saying the guy's face. The moment 
he opened the car door when he got to his house was, Mama, Mama. This is a guy probably about 21, 22 years old. I really hope that y'all can come inside to sing. It's about 9, 13 o'clock at night. And he's screaming for his mother. This is a grown man for all intents and purposes. He's like 22 years old. He's screaming for his mother. They have time in the middle of his front yard. The, the sergeant comes out and begins to scream at us and tell us to back up out of the street, get back up on the curb, and he's cussing at us. And out of that crowd, something came over me. It was the Spirit of God because it was not in me of myself. I walked right out of the middle of that crowd, and I said, no, you shut up. He looked at me, stopped. He was like, whoa. Now, people say, are you crazy? What did I just say? There were 30 witnesses behind me. I'm always cognizant of my environment. And there's a reason for that because I spent six, almost six years of my life in prison. So I'm always cognizant of my environment. And like I said, there were 30 police officers behind me. And, I, and he stood there and he looked at me and I said, sir, I don't know. You seem to have forgotten. You are employed by us. We're not employed by you. You are here to serve us, not serve you. These are residents. You have the screaming, the shouting, and cursing at these people. These people pay your salary. You are out of order. And I said, and why do we have this kind of response? And I said, who is your boss? He said, my cat. And he was hot. The white boy went from white to red within seconds to purple. And he said, why? I said, I don't need to answer that question. I said, who is he? He said, what's your name? I gave him my name. He said, my captain will be on the scene within minutes. I said, when your captain comes on the scene, you tell him I want to speak with him. I go back into the crowd where drugging was taking place. And it just as he stated, the captain showed up shortly thereafter. When the captain called out, the captain walked over to the crowd. He asked for me by name. I talked to him. Now, remember, this was before I went to ORU. So we're not talking about the same police force now as we were talking about then. This gentleman walks up to me. He calls me at my name, and I tell him what took place. I tell him about the conduct of his officer. He said, well, sir, yeah, he, he was doing that. He was out of order. I said, I got 25 witnesses. Do you need a witness to testify that he was doing that? And the people that were close by said, yeah, mm, that's exactly what he's doing. So I said, it's not a matter of if, it's what he did. He said, okay. He said, well, uh, I'll handle this. I'm on the scene now. And if there's a problem with that officer, if you want to file a formal complaint, you have to come down and talk to us, internal uh, uh, services, uh, whatever. I said, that's fine. Stop being in my morning. Now, because this, now I'm going to tell you the whole story because this is what people are dealing with on a whole different level. I do go the next day. I do file a complaint. I get home from filing the complaint. I sit in my den. I'm sitting there in my den across, across from me. My grandfather has a 12-gauge shotgun pumped up in the corner. Guns were normal to our house, but all legally owned. I get a phone call, and the phone call says, yeah, nigga. I'm going to say it just the way he said it. Yeah, nigga. We know who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think you're slick. We're going to get you, nigga. I said, well, if you know who I am, you know where I live. I'm sitting here waiting for you right now in my front door, and I got a 12-gauge pump shotgun. I said, I dare you to darn the driveway because you don't have no probable cause. And I know who you are. I say, I dare you to dock the driveway. When I went back the next time, the same complaint, I talked with a black officer. He told me, he said, watch yourself. He said, but you're doing the right thing. He said, what happened is they do these things unabated. And because they do it unabated, they're more empowered and engrossed to do, emboldened to do the work, to do the things that they do, because nobody ever resists them. Now, there's an incident. 
going to Atlanta, Georgia. Seth is with me. I'm actually moving from Fort Worth to Atlanta, Georgia. Seth is traveling with me. We're in a U-Haul. Now, remember that same dude all out there, police dogs, all in the police face now. Okay, now check this out. We're in a U-Haul. I look in the rearview mirror, and I see, and I, and I throw, actually, we were traveling. We are almost near Grambling. We passed police officers. I see the car sitting on the side of the road. This is about 11 o'clock at night. I see the police car. Now, the truck that I am is in is a limited truck. You cannot go beyond the speed limit of 60 miles an hour because it has limited. It's electronically limited. You cannot go beyond that. Uh, about two minutes later, I see, wind, I see lights in the, in, the, in the rear window. I pull over. As we pull over, I turn to Seth. I said, Seth, no sudden moves. Don't get smart with these white boys. This is not the time to be revolutionary. We're on the side of a back alley road out here in the dark. We could disappear. Did I not say that to you, Seth? Oh, yeah, I remember. And I said, no sudden moves. I said, keep your hands where they can see you. I said, because where we at right now, we're right between Mississippi and Louisiana. And boy, it don't get more cutthroats than this. So what they do, they take me to the back of the truck, Seth is sitting in the truck. They ask me, they say, what's in the truck? I said, furniture, I'm moving. He said, the things that are in the truck, are they yours? I said, yes. I said, everything in the truck is mine. I said, yes, it is. He said, so where you coming from? Where you going? He asked me all these questions. And then he asked Seth that same question. I get back in the front seat, and the officers are both there. One's on Seth's side, one's on my side, passenger side, driver's side. And then at that moment, I asked him, sir, why did you stop me? He said, well, you were doing a little bit of speeding. I said, that could, that, I said what do you mean by speeding? And could you tell me how fast I was going? He said, you're going about 70 miles an hour. I said, that is electronically impossible. He said, what do you mean? Instead of driving a U-Haul truck that has a limitation of 60 miles an hour, this truck would not exceed 60 miles an hour. I said, so I don't know. If you got me on radar, maybe you just assume. I said, but no, I was not driving 70 miles an hour. He said, well, just make sure you keep on the speed limit. Y'all go on now. And we drove off. Do you realize, do you see that my actions were entirely different on those two separate occasions? By saying that, I don't need you to explain to you how you deal with the police. Because literally, you deal with them individually. Now, the police officer that we're dealing with, Seth, that's the one point that I differ from what you were saying. 2006, the FBI did an internal research and investigation into white supremacist groups and law enforcement agencies throughout the United States. They concluded that an extremely significant number of white supremacist individuals who are white supremacists from white supremacist groups have now infiltrated law enforcement within the United States and various police corps. And that that was their action, that was their method, that was the, the strategy they were now taking in order to carry out the points of their particular agenda. So the thing is now, when an officer is called on a wellness check and he goes to a woman's house, the door is open. What is open is the wood door, not the screen door. It's closed. Because the woman had the door open for the purpose of letting fresh air in, and I remember the very night. It was probably about 68 degrees, and so she, the 60 degrees, and so she had the door open in, 2 o'clock in the morning, they're playing video games with her son. This police officer and another officer show up to the call. This police officer, before the other officer can actually get in place to be active and get in the call, 
he begins to go around the house with a flashlight. He has yet to identify himself as who he is. But he has a flashlight. And then as soon as he gets to the window, he hits the window with the flashlight. We call that, when I was in the street, drawing a person out. As soon as the woman stood up to see what was going on because she heard him, she stood up already because she had heard him moving outside around the house, but he had never identified himself. And as a result, when she stood, when she stood to look out the window to see what was going on, in this manner, I've worked court manuscripts. I've listened to some of the testimonies. In this manner, in this sequence, in this time sequence, this is what happened. Put your hands up. Boom, boom. If the lady had a weapon or anything and attempted to raise hands up, she did not give us the opportunity to fulfill that command because within a split second, when he said, put your hands up, he said, boom, boom. Now, now let's take that into consideration that we have white supremacist groups who have now infiltrated law enforcement. In this city alone, eight people in the city of Fort Worth have been killed this long, this, this year. They're all black. Now, I can't say they've been killed. But they've been shot. I think four have been killed. They've been shot, and they've been shot by white police officers, and they were unarmed. It has become a trend. So what we took to, what took place that I think mentioned on that night, that faithful night, because finally it brought what Fort Worth and Dallas have been keeping hidden. They've been keeping it hush. Fort Worth and Dallas go through great extremes to to extend your PR in order to keep. What is the true face of the Fort Worth and Dallas Police Department? As I said, I say right across the street from it. So the issue is, is that we have white supremacist groups, guys who were neo Nazis, guys who were members of the Ku Klux Klan, and who are probably still members behind closed doors, but now their profession is, is they put on a blue uniform and they have a badge, and it empowers them with the law. So when he got there call at 2 o'clock in the morning, it was hunting season. That, uh, uh, Amber Geiger, the, she said that she didn't know this individual and that she was not aware that she was at the wrong, at the wrong apartment. For 24 hours, she had visited that same apartment. You know why? Because she lived directly above Boston Jean. And what happened is she, she went up there to complain to him about his music. That happened within 24 hours of the incident when she killed him. Now, let's see who Amber Geiger is. When they searched Amber Geiger's text messages and checked her Facebook page, she had racial comments on those. And the man who she was having adulterous affair, another fellow police officer, they would exchange racial comments about blacks in their conversation. So now take it in mind, what Fester said about, you know, the coach and everything and all that, and here she is. You know, she's basically having an adulterous affair with another police officer. Now, he's a male, so there are a whole different dimension. She comes home after work for 15 hours, and the nigger is playing loud music. Let's just call it for what it is. That's what I thought what I said. Because in her mindset, that's what we are. So she claims she goes to the wrong apartment, but there's a big, bright, almost neon red rug in front of Boston James apartment is not one in front of anybody's apartment on on the on that same floor nor her floor. Now she supposedly said that the door is a jar, but it is a fire shut door, which means that it closes behind itself. And not only that, it's electronically it's electronically key coded. 
to open. You have to have a key code card in order to open the door. And she says that the door was ajar. But yet the next door neighbor, and we don't even, I don't know if we have time to go into the details of how she has been harassed about the Dallas Police Department and agents who showing up to her door claiming to be agents of the federal government to where she lost her job, lost her credentials and everything. The other individual, as we know, she was sentenced that Thursday, she sentenced that Friday. And what people know, she was sentenced that, that Friday, I think, on Thursday, but within 24 hours, the key witness in the case was supposedly shot dead in a drug deal over marijuana of all things. It would have made it a lot more believable if they said crack cocaine. Okay. Now, again, she's at the door. And the, and the, and the witness testified that she hears a loud knock on the door. And then, the, and then she hears a conversation, and she says she can tell it's his voice because that's her neighbor, and it's a female voice. And then she hears boom, boom. And immediately after that, she hears the voice of Boston says, why did you do that? <laughs> it's hunting season. That's why she did that. She's a racist. Wow. If I can interrupt you just for a second. Uh, did you know that Johnny and I was gone? No, I didn't. Oh, you just was talking all the time. I've been talking the whole time. Okay, good, good, good. No, I want to bring it up then. I want to bring it up then. I want to bring it up Listen, uh, just so everybody knows, John and I have a little difficulty, so y'all may, uh, we may, hopefully that won't happen again. But uh, sorry about the LSU. We was not with you for the last five minutes, so we're back now. Uh, when you're done, go right ahead and finish. We just, I just want you to okay, hear yeah. it. You might, uh, oh, yeah, and I'm just bringing it to the end. So what I'm saying is that it was hunting season when Amber Geyser showed up to Boston Games Store. When that gentleman showed up to that call at 2 o'clock in the morning, not announcing himself as a police officer, and he took the woman standing in her own home playing video games with an 8-year-old sister, and he watches this take place. People, it's hunting season. And that's what we do not want to acknowledge. It is hunting season. That's no more bad cop, good cop, because if you're a good cop and you see it happen in front of you and you don't step forward, you're in that corner. So you're a bad cop, too. Well, let me say this. Let me, let me, let me, let me comment on that, that, that last statement you said. This is what I, I – everybody on the show, we're men, you know, we just oftentimes disagree, agree. I do think LSU is right to that last statement. I don't think it's all cops. I think good cops have to be careful now. I think good cops have to be careful now. If you look up, they were telling me how the, how New York Police Department is so corrupt. You, if you speak out, I knew a New York police officer, and he was saying, it could cost you your life. It's just real. because somebody don't want their family hurt or them hurt, and they decide they ain't going to say nothing, but they're going to fight another way. Maybe they want to leak stuff to the media. We don't know how we're finding out, out a lot of this stuff. It could be the good cops are leaking things to us. We don't know. We don't know. They can't just come out gun blazing saying, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everybody ain't going to do that, knowing that their family can be in jeopardy. These people, they're killing folks. Shoes. It's, it's, you know, there was a sister, I forget her name, up in, I think it was Ohio. Some of you uh, on the line from Ohio they can give me the num- name, I forget who it was, but she was a powerful uh, judge, I think it was, and she spoke out against some white people. They found her in the lake. They spent some time with her. She spoke out one day, and I think she was in the lake floating like two weeks later. So I'm saying, I can't say this all police officers. I, I mean, I'm going to ask, uh, you know, because John is moderator, but I just want to just comment on just what you said. 
Uh, and I would like to ask John this question as well as you too, Elisha. What percentage of the cops y'all think is bad? It don't really matter if it's three of them is enough. But I just, I, in my world, the way I look at it, the way I've seen it, my research, I don't think it's all cops. I don't think it's most cops. I think it's, it's, if, it's, if it's 10 in the city, that's enough. That's enough to make news. That's enough to, to, to color the whole police department. I'd say probably, you know, 50% of them, uh, I don't think, value yeah, black lives like they should. I'm going to say 50. Are you familiar with the blue code? I'm sorry? Are you familiar with the blue code? I know about the blue the code, blue Silas. But let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. Let me finish my point real quick. Real quick, I'll make this quickly. I don't want to lump all police officers. I don't even want to lump most of them. I don't think there's enough love in the police force in general for us as a people. I know one thing, when they get a hold of white males acting up, they don't treat, and that's 100% of them, they don't treat white males like they do black males when they're acting up. I know that, that, and I will say that's 100%. I've never seen a black police officer, when a white guy get out of hand, beat him, shoot him, any of that. Not one case in all of America, and that's, that's scary. Seems like somebody should have made a mistake, not that I want that to happen. So LSU is on to something. I do think it's open season to, for some police officers. But I don't think it's most, I would say, if I put a number on I'd say 5%. That really is literally looking for an opportunity to kill black people. They put on their bags like Cincinnati. This is a true story. Last thing I'm going to say, true story. They actually caught this on recording of police officers saying in Cincinnati when he was in the locker room putting on his guns and so forth, he said, let me get my guns, I'm going to kill some niggers. And they played it all over the, uh, some kind of way, somebody thought it was a joke, and they played it on all the radio stations. They took somebody this powerful, whoever they are, this is powerful folks here, they was able to hack the systems, uh, the uh, uh, police uh they play on, on all types of radio stations at the same time. I don't know how they did that. Uh, but it was, it was crazy. I, I'm sorry, not radio station, but intercoms within the police department. And uh, it may have been a radio station. I don't remember to be very honest with you, but it was, it was played in the public. Put it like that. It was played on public announcement systems, okay? I don't want to misquote it. And, uh, and, and if you listen to this thing, you know what I'm talking about. And he said, let me get my gun and get, go out here and kill me some niggas. So LSU is not making this stuff up. It's, it's, it's a proof of fact. But before we switch gears too much, I want to talk about the solution more. But go ahead, brother, uh, uh, moderator. Um, I think that what has to be, like, when, you, when uh, Brother Seth, when you say, you know, it's not this many or it's not that many or they, they all don't think this way, the way that they do think is the concern. And when I say the, the way that they do think, I'm not even referring to the ones that are open and brazen. I'm referring to the ones who think that they're just going in and getting their check and protecting themselves and their families. You're in the long line of work. If you cannot stand up or formulate something, that actually does what you what you signed on to do, which is to protect the public, then that person is not only um, as bad, he's worse to some degree. And here's why. 
you can at least see the one coming. You at least know what his intent is, so to speak. But the one who is just in a state of lethargy and allows it and stands back, he doesn't he doesn't bring it to the attention of an authority. He just sits back and, and takes his check. Yo, it's like that's unacceptable, uh, in my opinion. In the same way that another person goes, gets his gun and says he's going out nigger hunting. Both of those are unacceptable and should be looked at in the same light because both persons gave an oath. It's almost like you have two kids. As a matter of fact, Brother Seth, you were talking about black-on-black crime. That's their favorite thing. You were talking about we're going to touch on that. I'm going to touch on that right now. The reason why, quote-unquote, black-on-black crime is just – you cannot throw that into the face of black people is that if I have two sons and they're always at one another and I am always having to break them up, they're in the fight. They, it's, 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 you know, it's going to be the peanut butter crunch that, that, that does it this time, whatever the case may be, they fight one another because that's the nature of their relationship. It's not a good thing. It is what it is. However, if I get a babysitter and I come home and she's fighting them, that's a problem because I'm paying you to keep the peace. They're the ones who I'm trying to keep peaceful. I'm paying you to keep the peace. And so you are held to a higher standard. And so I've heard that argument where persons say, well, what about black-on-black crime? Well, what about it? You have crime with the people. Go ahead. I'll wait you done. No, I'll wait you done. I'm going to interrupt you. I'll wait. I'll wait my turn. Crime is something that takes place with people in their general sphere of influence. And so the fact that you have the entire south side of Chicago and all this is going on there, there's a lot that needs to be explained, but some of it explains itself. They are there. Black people are there. But when you have persons who are supposed to be in a place of authority and they're the ones doing the killing, that's when it becomes a heinous crime. It's not just a crime. It's a heinous crime because we entrusted you, paid you, gave you a salary, gave you this pension, gave you that gold watch, and all along, all along, you were the one that we should have been watching and breaking up. Brother Seth? Well, the thing I want to say is, this, again, I don't think it's fair to all police officers. There are police officers all their life when they was a kid, they wanted to be a cop. And now they're a cop. I see them. I talk to them periodically. And they just are scared. They can be shot. They can be associated with these knuckleheads and be killed. And there they are out there, you know. And at the same time, I know my job. Sometimes I see injustices, and I pick my battles as to which one I want to stand up against. I don't stand up every single injustice I see on my job. And I don't think it's wise to put your family and you in jeopardy when you don't know how long you're going to be this police officer. You don't make but a certain amount of money. You're only making $56,000, and these, these folks can take you out, and you know if they're killing your people for nothing, they surely will, 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 will take out a traitor, what they call a traitor. That's job. high treason to them. So but my that. point is, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me get what I'm saying. Wait. Okay. 
What I'm saying is this. We have to be careful, because I think that's another tactic of the enemy. If we can say all police officers, or just say most of them are just pigs and dogs, and then that creates the element or the environment for us to start, start doing stuff to them. Maybe somebody may just want to take, start popping their cops, just pop them off here and there, just take them out, because they all, they all evil. The good ones, the bad ones, I mean, the ones that are good ain't speaking out, so they all the same. If that's the case, what about on your job? What about on your job, uh, those of you that know about racism, those of you that don't speak out? Uh, if, if everybody lost their job because they didn't speak up against racism, well, nobody had no job. Because that's all these jobs are, is racist. We see it all the time. We miss picked pick over, giving too much work, giving least work. We see it all the time. We see people getting fired unjustly. We do not speak out. So here's what I'm trying to say. I'm after those cops that put on their badge and say, I'm about to go shoot me a nigga. I'm after those cops that when they come pull you over, they don't have no intentions on whether or not you broke the law. They're looking for a reason to get you in a certain situation where they can take your life. Those black cops that see it and don't say nothing, they're going to stand before the most high because of it. I don't know who, who it is, though. If I knew who it was that was the cop and not speaking out, then I, I would probably do something. We couldn't even, maybe go even do something. At some point, we got to talk about what to do with them people, and there's got to be some tough man conversation. It might mean if we knew that we knew that we know, I mean, with, with lots of proof, then I say, yeah, let's do something about that. I'm, I'm not saying go beat up or shoot them or something like that, but us men need to deal with cops that look like us and ain't saying nothing. We say, yeah, brother, what's going on? You, you grew up in this neighborhood. How you going to go down? We need to hold them accountable. But I'm not about to treat them as though they're these other cops that's shooting us and killing us. No more, you know, so it's the same thing with the so-called black-on-black crime. A lot of us know stuff going down. We already know John shot Ill, uh, or John shot Seth, or John shot Ill, or Ill shot Seth, and we sit up and hide the information, don't say nothing. All types of hush-hush Streets don't talk. We we we, we are, 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 are promoting our own destruction. I'm against them clowns too. Streets don't talk. Of course the streets talk, fool. We pay them to protect us. You need to go. There need to be some cops that we can rely on and trust. We need we need godly cops. Some cops go to church. We need to say, hey man, we need you to represent that kingdom. I know it's hard. Be careful with how you go forward, but we got your back. They can't be whistleblowers all up. Someone got to work on them behind the scenes. But we got to be able to call cops and tell them and say, here's what's going on. Because we don't have no big old armors to go after these gangs. So we're going to need some cops. The cops, we pay them. Those are, that's our money. So we can't give up on them just to the old devils and just start treating them. Dude, we really messed up. Okay, I, well, I don't know where you got that from, Seth. That's not what I said. El must have said that. Go ahead, El. No, uh, I, 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 to I got a question, and I want you to be very honest with you. What percentage of, you, of the United States of American citizenry do you think is right to support black people? I think... Uh, I have no idea. I'm going to say, and I'm going to say with, with certainty, I'd say... Uh, I'm talking about blacks and whites, including all of America. I'm gonna say 85 percent. Now I think I'm some of this. I think black folks are, are anti-black. I think all of them. Okay. I think pastors play a part. Okay. I think everybody okay. play a part in it. But some okay. people play a bigger part in than others. Okay, right. In other words, real quick, ten seconds, ten seconds, ten seconds. I think when blacks are racist toward each other, we we, we talk. 
caught on the same system. I don't know another way to say it. How can whites be more racist than they when you talk about the exact same system? I think that's why you got the Chicago situation. That's why you got us sitting up watching these cops, and we ain't uh, doing all kinds of things to these cops. Not necessarily physically, but why we can't come together. And so, yeah, I think a, a lot of us are racist in that we don't see ourselves more important than the white community or the white this or the white that. We all are victims of white supremacy. Okay, two quick points. Two quick points. One is, if 85% of the population is, quote-unquote, has some orientation in the phenomenon of racism, and we know that this nation was built upon the platform of white supremacy, we know that the fiber that runs through it in its doctrinal, philosophical, political orientation is built upon white supremacy. That's who this nation is. So we have those same individuals and that you said 85%, I think 50% of the nation is conscious racist. There are people who are proponents or promote white supremacy unknowingly because it's so I much feel, a part of the culture. It's so much a part of the culture. Quick, it's rooted within the culture. Yes, sir. Could you take a quick moment and explain, like, for instance, Different people have different. Oh, Brother John, Brother John, uh, uh, Brother John, I was service in a car. I didn't hear when LSU stopped. We do have a caller. You can let me know when you want to take him on, but we do have a caller, and uh, I just didn't want to interrupt LSU. But let us let me know when when. All right, L, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, if you could just explain, like for instance, to me, there's a difference between being prejudiced. Racist, white supremacist, those are different. Those are different things to me. Could you well, explain what? Well, I, I'll explain white supremacy, and I think from that you can differentiate. Well, is that the question though? You, oh, I'm sorry. Like the ahead, question that you were answering, like no, no, the question was, that you were asking, is in reference uh-huh. to white supremacy or racism or prejudice? No, or, it's, or right, it's racism in general. So I just want to okay. know that question because of the point I'm trying to make, and the point I'm trying to make mm-hmm. is this: is that this nation is oriented in white supremacy and racism. Anybody who doesn't believe that, you must not have been a born or raised in America because it is oriented in race. And now the question is this. When we take racial attitudes, racial mindset, and then we mm-hmm. empower those racial attitudes and mindset with the power of the law and with a weapon. This is when we have encounter a problem. Because here's the Absolutely. Now, Good point. Good point. John, how many times have, uh, have we had this conversation and I said, John, there's a reason that as much criminality that I involved myself in when I was younger life that I did not carry a gun. And the reason I, don't care, I didn't carry a gun then and I, even, and I don't carry a gun now is because this. It's because when a firearm is on your side, and attitude begins to prevail. If I didn't have a firearm, we might have a disagreement. We might come to blows. But if I have a disagreement with you, and I already have a certain attitude about you already, I have an attitude about you, and it's even unconscious. I'm not even knowing of the fact that I think you're a nigger. And there's no way I can get around that thought because everything within society promotes that 
reality to what you think is your reality. They promote that. It's in the music. It's in the entertainment. It's in the culture. It's in the politics. So, therefore, when I have that situation, it's like the man who killed that gentleman who had a permissive carry, and he was dealt with his girlfriend, and the police officer shot him. And when the young lady asked him, she said, why did you shoot him? And the police officer said, I don't know. Those were his very words. It's on YouTube. I don't know. He, he was looking hysterical. I don't know. And the other point is this. I am a preacher. That's my vocation in life. You know why come I have a problem when Christianity goes awry? Because Christianity, I am a preacher. I'm aligned with that. And when you do something wrong, you misrepresent me. Because we are not just one. We are a group. And when a police officer acts out of accordance with the law and violates the civil rights of another individual and takes his life in an unlegal manner, and you have police officers that stand there and they do not testify to that fact, they are just violating the oath that they take. And I have a, and I have a resolution for that problem. You know what my solution for that problem is, Seth? If you too scared, quit. Get another job. Because I don't have that. I, that's right. That's I agree. Difference. And that's the difference between a preacher. My life, in, in the long term, my, my, my misconduct can affect life. But when a police officer's misconduct results in death, you can't take that back. And that's what John was alluding to. When you take on that badge and when you see it says to protect and serve, and that means to protect and serve is necessary from your own fears. Because you can't give my life back. And that's why I'm so doing passionate about this, because I have a son who died at 25 years of age, and he was killed in a car accident, and nobody can't give him back. This why I said put all kinds of new road signs and, and new road laws and, and how you govern that, but you cannot return, Daniel. So what we think might be civil and say, no, we got to wait, take time, we don't have no more time. Because this is actually real work. We don't have any more time. And that's why I'm glad the people are listening in, and I'm glad that what John said, so you understand what's going on. Because, John, what you said was vitally important. You have to know. We as a people are never going to get treated equal on this land because it was never promised to us. And for all of you all who are confused, that's why it's so valuable and important. You get on your knees and ask yourself, are we really Israel? Because if we Israel, it explains what's going on. And John did a very wonderful job at explaining that. Okay, folks. Uh, 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 brother, Mr. Moderator, you want to go to the phone lines? We do have a call. I've been holding for a while. Hold on a second. Make sure John line is open. Hold on, folks. I think John dropped. Hold on. Wow. There he is. No, he didn't drop. John, sorry about that. Uh, I'm kind of where I muted you. I was talking to another caller. I was servicing another caller, and your, your line been muted just for a little bit. Uh, John, what, what do you think, brother? you have any comments about the brother was just saying? And then we have a caller. Sorry I about missed that. It. I muted I, you some kind of I way. actually had to call back in. Um, I, actually, oh, okay. I was actually off the line. And I missed the caller entirely. The last thing I okay. heard was Brother L. Okay. Well, well listen, let's do this. Let's do this just to get it back on the track. Uh, we got a caller hold. Let's go to him and hold it for a while. Um, and uh, then we'll come to you, John, with any comments uh, once you uh, hear this brother out, okay? Sure. All right. 
Area code uh, 314381. Uh, Thank you for your patience. John, you write that line was loud. I'm glad you called back, actually. It's much better. Area code 314381. Go ahead with your question or comment. We'd like to know your name and city, uh, if you don't mind, please. Well, my name's Pianca. I'm calling from the Midwest. But Uh-oh. I'm just saying, I guess. Uh-oh. Long time no hear from Mr. Pianki. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fine. You know, this thing I hear people talking about police. Let me tell you how that works. Now, given uh, New York or Chicago, probably L.A. is not normal, but you have over 18,000 police departments across the country, and they all are not the same. But police are employees. The people of those municipalities are the employer. Take a Ferguson, for instance, where the population is 70% black. Blacks control the politics. Politicians control police. I mean, there's many instances how that happened. That's why I come out said other than a Chicago and a New York. But politicians control the police. And if you are a black community and you have a population, you should have a police commission in that department that sets the rules, the policies, and the standards on how the police react with the citizens. And if they don't react the way that the rules and the policies say, then they should be fired because ultimately the community is going to be responsible for the liability. I think police officers should carry their own liability insurance myself, just like a car. If they have too many claims, the insurance companies won't cover them. And black communities won't tough policemen. Well, I say this, black communities won't kick ass police on their force, too. i give you an example. You're talking about Ferguson, Missouri, but a mile west and a mile north and a mile west of there is a community called Barrington Down, which is about 90, 95% black. The average house, about $750,000 up to a million. It's not a small community. And those people drew a line down the middle of Vail Avenue as they crossed Halls Ferry and told those protesters, you don't come out here with that mess. So these black communities got the power to control their police department if they use it. Now, like I said, in Chicago and New York, where you got 35,000 police officers and you got politics out the wazoo, that's a whole different story. But uh, in general... You know, it is what it is. You know, in Ferguson, blacks didn't come out to the poll to vote out Mayor Knowles, who was a longstanding white mayor there in that community. And when Mike Brown's mother ran for alderman, all the person, they didn't elect her. So apparently they must be satisfied with what they got. I just wanted to put that out there. Well, hold up, Yankee. Let me, let me ask you a question, if I may. Moderator, uh, John, did you have anything? I should let you kind of direct this, but I do have a question for him. I'll, I'll let you let let me know when to jump in. Well, I I just want to say thanks for the heads up. I didn't. I don't. I, I didn't understand uh, the particulars that he just uh, explained. I didn't know that, and that's part of the problem. Um, and 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 I don't mind pointing at myself and saying, John, 
you're part of the problem, even though I don't stay in any particular place. I kind of go here, go there. I am domiciled in Lexington, Kentucky, and that's the place that I should be taking taking it to um, whatever given politicians uh, to vote and get my voice, quote, unquote, heard. But what he stated, yeah, I'm impressed. I, uh, I never knew that. And I, I thank you for the comment, uh, Brother Pianke. I think that's how you pronounce your name. Yeah, and you know what, too? You know what, too? I'm not saying. Let me, let me get this out there. Is there some dumbass police on the force and the whites on there that's got these animosities? Yes, there is. But they're not going to voluntarily leave themselves. Right. And the police are not going to police the police. That's the people's responsibility. Because, as I said before, ultimately you're going to be responsible in paying them damn lawsuits. And then to pay them, you're going to have to raise taxes and everything. Let me say this because you build it just a little. I don't want you to get too far away from what I was going to say. Uh, I mean, for the comment you made earlier. Uh, I think just a little bit. I, I hear you, uh, uh, Pianki. You're right. Uh, and and, and uh, most unimpressed neighborhoods would agree with what you're saying, be him. And they were like, he's right. We take control. We're in power. Doggone it. We can tell them what to do. Right. But whenever you have oppressed people, every rule. They work so hard. I hear a little noise in the background, y'all. Remember, mute me if you're not talking, because I hear it's like somebody moving something around or something. But that was remember, me, my bad. Folks, so, little folks, remember, uh, we are supposed to be our brother's keeper, too, at the same time. And like LSU said, and Pianchi just said, we do hire police when they do their job. And, and yes, we should stay on and make sure they're doing their job. But just because we don't stay on them, don't mean they can do a bad job, and it's our fault they do a bad job and we didn't stay on them. <laughs> but they still need to be held accountable for not doing a good job, and we need to be held accountable for not making them do a good job. It's a two-way street. And I don't like it when one of somebody gets shot in our community, and we start saying, well, the black boy shouldn't have been acting up. Well, the black boy shouldn't have been doing this. We always victimize the victim. I don't want to do that tonight. Yes, black communities need to speak up. Like white communities, if they don't do right, cops don't do right. Fine, when the cops do shoot somebody, we need to be there, protest, get them to the jail. Yes, yes, yes. But as a rule, oppressed people don't never do that anywhere on the planet because that's the whole thing. They're oppressed. They don't have time. Uh, you know, the learn uh, learn elders of the protocol design when they that that publication they put out. They said let's load the people down with death and and. And, 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 and so they didn't have time to look at what we're doing. And I think that's what is happening. Oppressed people is just trying to survive, and they're trying to make it, and then they're trying to uh, uh, relax, you know. There are no problems. That's why, you know, I mean, a lot of people just want to be high or chill out or go drinking. They don't, they don't have time to be downtown protesting, filling out long forms, uh, 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 you know, taking people to court. That's just not normally what oppressed people do. I tell you to do that. People that have staff, people that have employees, they can say, go take care of this. You know, but as a rule, a press people can't is never that responsible. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you something. Oh, we, we, let's go, go back to Ferguson. Excuse me, sir. Before you make your comment, <laughs> if y'all would, can I respond to something that you said? Because before you go off on it, y'all take it to a different direction. And that is actually to pick up what Seth just off the point that he made. You said that the community outside of them, uh, predominantly black community, 
What did you see the level of income when I know you said 750000 to how much? Well, that was a household. Well, let me get to this, if you don't mind. Let me make my point first, please. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, the, the, the point that Seth speaks to, one is the issue of relative economics. Let's take Ferguson. Ferguson is one of the poorest counties in Missouri. And I'm sure you're aware of that if you're that popped on the statistics. And so when you take that and you compare that with that, the police exist in Brownsville, the city that you caught that you stated, for the same reason the police exist in white communities, is to keep the crime out. And what it becomes, it becomes a class issue. And if we do not address what's going on in the poor communities, as John stated, and as Seth reinforced it, they're going to flow over into the wealthy communities. And so we have to realize that the reason why come we as a people do not progress because many times when we start making dollars, we start separating ourselves from poor people and oppressed people. And like Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere, injustice any place is a, just, is a threat to justice everywhere. And so when the people who have the resources, especially when it comes in terms of bringing legal means to bear against governmental and legalized oppression, when they do not get involved, that apathy will one day catch up with them. Because this is a boiling, this is a boiling pot, and it's going to overflow. And it's going to overflow into the wealthy communities, too, as well. Because remember, we're not just getting shot down in poor communities. We're getting shot down in wealthy communities. I live downtown Fort Worth. This is a pretty wealthy community. I mean, literally, we are, jobs are coming here by crazy. And so we ain't just, we, when we start doing that separation based upon that, we have to know that when one of us are oppressed, there is a potential that one day all of us will be oppressed. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm well, let me answer. Let me address this. Go ahead, please. See, the blacks in Ferguson got there decades ago because they fled North St. Louis, Walmart Park, and communities like that, and they moved to Ferguson. Now they are fleeing Ferguson, just like blacks in North Shore, Chicago, is fleeing that area. So they're not going out to Barrington down because the politics is not going to let that happen. The politics are not going to let them institute subsidized housing in that area. Well, first place, you ain't going to have no subsidized housing there anyway. So that, I mean, people vote their interests, no matter if they're black. You know, Nigerians don't experience these problems. Nigerians have a higher educational attainment than whites and Asians have a higher household income, family income, than house, whites and Asians. Higher incomes are almost equal higher education, and that's the point that Seth was making. Well, okay, higher now, you know what? You hit on a damn good point. Now, let's visit the schools in these areas that you're talking about. Those schools are controlled by the teachers' unions and, to a large part, by the Politician, even though the state gives the people in the school district the right to have whatever curriculum they want, whatever books they want, and whatever instructional material that they want. Now, the when right people like myself or others, without resources is critical. The right without resources is critical. Well, you got the resources. You got black school districts in the St. Louis area that's 99% black that have more money per child than white school districts in some areas in. St. Louis County, Hancock, Afton, uh, parts of Webster Groves. So resources really not the problem. 
The problem is, is that the politics in them school districts is so strong that they're they not going to let them kids go because they make money off of them. They make money in salary. They make money in benefits and pensions. I mean, that's, uh, you have to realize that. Now, well, there's a lot of good things going on and a lot of programs going on in order to help uh, disadvantaged kids to make up their ground. You know, like I sometimes talk about the National Society of Black Engineers. If they At their last convention, the one they had in Detroit that ended March the 31st, you had over 400 of the 15,000 that was in attendance at Cabot Center. You had over 400 that was hired by Lockheed Martin, these black kids. In the two previous years in Pittsburgh and Kansas City, Northwood Grumman, which is headquartered in Mississippi, hired over 400 two years in a row, not including the other thousands that was hired by other corporations from Amazon to the Google all the way down to Goldman Sachs, Harley Davis, Department of Defense. So the opportunities are there, but uh, you have some situations that should be better, but you just got to go in and fight people that look like you. Because they don't want to let that go. Of course they don't. Well, let me say let me say this about Maze if it's okay tomorrow for me to jump in here real quick. Uh I love what y'all saying because y'all are talking about what other people talk about when they come together. When they have a big meeting, uh that's what they talk about, you know, like the economics and how we got the power, we gotta go in there and do this. And that's that's the way it really should be done. If we was that organized as a people, we wouldn't be getting shot. I, I, I mean, I still think we Israelites, and a lot of this has to happen because of that. But I'm just saying, as a rule, uh, that's when we are alive as a nation. That's when we know who we are. We know who we are. We know who the people that rule over us are. We're not intimidated by them. And that's what, that's basically the other nations that are not Israelites. That's why they're not doing it to them, because they're united. Now, having said that, uh, Pianki, I'm gonna let you. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna let Brother John handle this, but I would like for someone to address this very emotional state right now. People is in. A lot of people are take up arms, folks. They ready to dish out violence for violence. People are meeting and they serious and they ready to get busy. I mean, I'm very, very serious. Okay, this has touched home with a lot of people. A lot of people worried. So. I know everybody don't believe like I believe at the beginning of the show when I talked about spiritual warfare, finding the enemy once you see those lights go on behind you, behind you, please cars. <laughs> Excuse me. And again, I hear some noise. Please, please, folks. We can hear everything on the phone line. Uh, but everybody don't believe in the spiritual application of finding the enemy and asking God for mercy. Everybody don't walk with the Father, and I'm not saying I'm some super nothing. I'm just saying spiritual warfare is real. If you can attack the spirit before it even get to you, you know, I, I can't tell. i got to say this, though. And then we got to take a little break, folks. we got to take a little break. I want you all to hear this one little thing I have to tell about the police officers. But uh, I can't tell you how many times... I've gotten out of all types of jams with police officers, not to mention testimonies I've heard of people that 
could have lost their life and, and they address it in the spiritual realm. It's not just no make-believe, hocus-pocus stuff. It's real, folks. A lot of this we're going through is spiritual warfare. It's a spirit of murder in these people. I'm telling you, when you hear the cops say, I don't know why I did it, how are you going to deal with him? He said, I don't know why he did it. Some people, he was just lying. What if he was telling the truth? What if he was telling the truth? What if he really don't know why he did it? How are you going to combat that? You can't just take our guns and go shoot folk. But that's where a lot of our people are. So I want us to kind of switch gears, Pianki. And, and I'm going to let uh, moderators, you know, determine who asked this, answer this question. But what about those that say that we've had enough? We're going to start picking off some police officers. We need to fight. Well, now, I do think. Go ahead. Let me say this. You got some people that's on police departments that's crazy. If you want to put it in in turn, but do you know that you have states like in Indiana where you got a right to kill a police officer if he is doing something unlawful towards you, like these no knock raids and all that stuff. Hold on, somebody just said something. Yeah, I didn't hear. No, I was saying that same law exists in the state of Texas. Oh, okay. So that's, I mean, look, I carry a weapon. I'm I'm over in, in the state of Louisiana, and I came here out of Missouri because my grandson go to school here. And I got my concealed carry. Matter of fact, I just put the application here this week. Now, I carry a weapon when I need, but Louisiana is, is way nicer than Missouri. People down here say, yes, sir, how you doing, and so on. Up there in Missouri, they pull a gun on you, and that is the difference. But I'm just saying this. We have to do what we have to do for our families. I'm sorry. We got to be more engaged in the civic responsibility of our community. Now, I don't know about Fort Worth in Texas. I can't tell you about that. I don't know about Lexington and Kentucky. I only know about the areas that I'm have experienced. And well, things look, don't look, have to be as bad as they are. And I forgot this, brothers. And y'all forgive me, please. There is a caller been holding for a while. Uh, moderator, uh, uh, again, I'm trying to get these brothers. I want them to be able to talk, LSU and, and, and Pianki, but I do have a caller. So what do you what do you want to do with this? Well, I don't want to hold the line up. I, I appreciate the opportunity to contribute to the conversation. Yeah, yeah, we always enjoy you, Pianki, whenever you come on. Uh, you always have a lot to say. And I'm not getting rid of you, brother. I just want to just go to this phone call. Why don't you just hold on a second, and we'll just go see what this call is. I don't know what happened to Johnny Stepp, the way I guess, for a minute. So let's go to the phone line. Uh, if everybody can just hold on a second, let's go to the phone line, because this gentleman holding, I do apologize. Erico, 817350. Uh, go ahead with your question or comment. We'd like to know the city you're calling from as well as your name, please. Uh, this is uh, Apostle Malachi Reynolds, Fort Worth, Texas. Lost Found Israelites. Lost Found Israelites Ministry. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment. Uh, I was on, but at the same time, I uh, was down at the city hall. Uh, part two, uh, uh, them uh, advocating 
that the city council and the mayor do something about what happened. Uh, also, after that, I went immediately to another meeting, town hall meeting, uh, where a group of us was coming together on how we can police our own community and patrol it as well. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment. Uh, By the way, there's some good, good things, brother. Very good, good things there. Uh, and, but I just wanted to. Mind, if, if, if you don't mind, moderator, don't mind you doing this. Uh, John, are you there? Because uh, he couldn't, couldn't get here earlier. Brother, brother Clark, are you I'm there? I'm right here. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, if, if you don't mind, I like to. Uh, I like for this brother to to talk about what happened at that meeting. If it's, if it's if it's not off topic, but again, you can call the shot. Um, but I would like to know what happened to me where we can kind of all be on. We may need to go down and help out a little bit. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, how are you doing, Apostle? Oh, I'm, I'm blessed. Thank you, brother. Uh, uh, you were saying? Y- yes. Uh, uh, the, the city council and the mayor, uh, Bessie Price, uh, uh, they feel like they don't have to do nothing to address uh they feel like they don't have to do anything of substance to address what happened to uh, our dear sister uh, Tatiana Jefferson, because they feel like that 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 the mandate that they keep getting reelected uh, uh, is the approval that they needed that they need uh, to prove that they're doing such a good job in spite of uh, tragedies like this happening, like Sister Craig what happened to her and her daughters uh, and like what happened to recently with Sister Tiana Jefferson. So they feel like they don't have to address uh, the tragedies that are happening at the hands of the police department in Fort Worth, Texas, because they feel like, well, well we keep getting reelected. So uh, uh, somebody think we're doing a good job. So, uh, uh, so right now we're just looking to, take things into our own hands uh, as legally as possible uh, with assistance from attorney to police and patrol our own communities. And we've been advocating that the city give us a police oversight board that were uh, with subpoena powers. Absolutely. That were, uh, uh, but but uh, as I said before, uh, they want to give us one. But it, it's not one with any subpoena powers. It's just one in symbolism, but not one in substance. Uh, and uh, like they keep saying, well, somebody think we're doing a good job. Uh, I keep getting elected as mayor, or we keep getting elected as city council men and women. So uh, in spite of what's going on in the city, uh, somebody approves of us, you know. So, uh, which is why we're going to. Uh, putting in plan through a system called a conflict resolution where we're teaching our people that if you have an issue with one another uh, or if you need a welfare check, uh, we're trying to put together a group of people in each in each area or district that's reputable, of good character, of good standing in the community uh, who can go and uh, where we can begin to police ourselves and do welfare checks on our own people as much as legally as possible. Uh, And I just want to report on that 
But at the same time, what I would like to make a statement about is that um, uh, Brother Seth was making a statement about oppressed people. Well, there is nowhere in the world where people have been oppressed or is being oppressed where they don't respond with guerrilla warfare or where they don't respond with an armed conflict except here in America. Uh, the scripture speaks of prophesied that nations shall rise up against nation. To break that word down, ethos shall rise up against ethos. We think simply because we're here in America, in this political system, that we're one nation, but we're really not. There are multiple nations inside the, inside the United States. So war is coming to America, where ethos shall rise up against ethos. One ethnicity shall fight against another ethnicity. In spite of us, and, 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 and just because we're all living in America, that doesn't mean we are one ethos or one nation. We're not. It's just a political system. It's just a big corporation. Uh, so eventually, eventually, uh, war is going to break out. Because I got a question whenever I can jump in. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, let me make this last statement. Uh, the other nations in the world, they look at us, and they look at us as weak, because they say if that would have happened to us, we would have been rose up. And 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 look, every oppressed people has a divine right, a divine right to rise up and to protect themselves and their people. That's a divine right. And that's all I want to make in self-defense. Well, well, if the host don't mind, I want to ask you a question. Actually, uh, I believe Brother Seth had a question prior to yours, Brother Pianchi. Okay, really, really quick, if the dear Pianchi, you can jump in. Mine's really quick. Brother, before you run, I'd like to know, do you advocate... See, this is what I believe really quick. And I'm, gonna try, I'm looking at my second hand, literally. I don't want to talk about my 30 seconds because it's getting close to the time the show is ending. Uh, but, listen, I do believe this. I've changed on a lot of things. I do believe that everybody should own weapons. I do believe that. Everybody. It's not like that now, but I think black people need to change their mind and we all need to own weapons. But I think the biggest weapon we need to be familiar with is spiritual warfare. Because once you pick up, pull out that other thing, you better be ready to use it. And oftentimes, these people are more bloodthirsty, more trained, because a lot of them have the, And I'm not talking about white people. I'm talking about just the devil. The black people are people are full of the devil, and they will use it. I'm not playing. These folks is, is gearing up for a war. We're not. Just because you go get some weapons, get some guys together, and you say, well, let's sit in our post. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying that. And you should do it. We better do it. That's what everybody else do it. How can that? That's intelligence, brother. I applaud y'all for that. I applaud y'all for that. So I'm definitely for that. Yes, like Beacons for Defense. That's what I'm talking about. If that movie, if anybody saw that movie, I love what those brothers did. They all had weapons. They all positioned their, their cities, their little neighborhoods. That's how it should be. We all should be armed. I think the police, if they knew that everybody was packing and, and, and knew their rights, that's another thing. 
I don't know that they would be acting the way they'd be acting. But I still think if Israelites would say things have to act, be carried out, but I still think we're on the right course for talking about restoring our minds and taking care of ourselves, and this is a part of our redemption and coming out. So if this brother is right on point, Pastor Malachi is right on point. I agree with that. But what I don't agree with, with people that talk about just violence, you know, they they take one on our side, we go take one of them out. No, it don't work like that. We gotta be armed and be in such a in such a way they'll know not to even come. There's gonna be some of us that's gonna do that. I'm not advocating that. So all I'm saying they already scared of us. And they were scared of the black campers and they didn't do a whole lot of killing. Just imagine what happened if all black folks was armed and knew their rights. That right there would stop a whole lot of craziness. That right there is, is a response for men, but I don't want to stop it there. If we don't understand spiritual warfare, folks, they can take you to jail and just blow your brains out when ain't nobody around. I mean, let's get real with this thing. Let's just get real with this thing. If we start shooting them and doing something crazy, they can just say, you know what, forget it. We're just going to take you out into, the, into, the, into, the, into the downtown, just blow your brains out and just say you started or something like that. Then what we're going to do. Same, same killing. They've done, they've done that before, sir. They did that during right. the LA riots. They did that during the LA riots. But the, but the issue is, I wanted to point, and I know that um, Brother Hill had pointed I wanted to make a point where he left out in regards to that. If I made Brother Hill. Brother Yonke was actually in the queue. Okay. Actually, yeah, I, I apologize. I was going to say something to the brother from Fort Worth. If you're talking about doing your own police, just make sure. I don't know what the what your authorities there allow, but you know, make sure you have yourself. Protected, and you know you guys can't go out and shoot somebody. But I understand what you're talking about. And you know, here's another thing. Uh, what I made suggestion with a white paper about Ferguson: one, that communities should have training going on in their public schools so that they can hire people for those public service jobs, whether it's the police, the fire department, city hall, public works, or whatever. Well, the people in that community, they kids should have first option at those jobs. You should have a central location where applicants leave their application for whatever, whether it's the fire department or police. You got to take that hiring out of the hand of the police chief, the fire chief, because they're going to employ nepotism. True. They always do. Well, it, 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 but if I may say, uh, Brother John, uh, uh, but uh, actually, if I could, just especially when we're, when we're coming on the end of the show, Brother L was actually behind, behind okay. Brother Pianke, and I, we're, pu- we're pushing for these last several minutes. Um, you're welcome to respond. Apostle Malachi, Brother L, you were saying something? What I was, what I was saying in regard to that is the issue with the um, – is that this sense is that know that it's inevitable, and that's why I, come, I said that the points that John made out in the early part of the show were extremely significant in regards to the subject matter. Because a lot of the things that we propose, we propose ideal situations. But in doing that, also keep in context of who we are as a people, and that these things were prophesied and they were spoken, and that they were spoken, that they were going to come upon us. And so we have to respond accordingly in regards to the scripture. Matter of fact, when Christ was about to be offered up, what did he tell his disciples to do? He said, if you have a coat, if you got two, go sell one and go buy a sword. Now, that was going to be the most dramatic, dramatic time that they were going to encounter because they, as being disciples of Christ, who might possibly were being hunted like dogs. What did he tell them to do? Go purchase a sword. So what's going to take place is all these things that you talked about are going to culminate, and they are going to culminate into what Brother Malachi said 
is a war. But what Brother Seth stated is extremely important and that because we need to array ourselves in that regard because as ministers of the gospel, but at the same time, black men, we have a, we have a plurality of responsibility. That we just because a person is not saved, we don't leave them out there uncovered to be slaughtered. Because the fact of the matter is what Brother Malachi said, in all countries almost all over the world, do you know what they're experiencing? Exactly what Brother Malachi said. Race against race. If you go to Britain, you go to many countries in Europe, they're in conflict right now. We are on a timeline. That's my last word for tonight. Um, give it to you all for the rest of the night. Success, Brother Seth, I really appreciate you having me on the show. I know you all about to conclude, and it's time for me to put the little ones to bed. Uh, we have five minutes here, so I'm, I'm going to stay to the level. I would have stayed, but now I know the show is going to end. But, again, I thank you, Brother John and Brother uh, uh, Seth, for your graciousness. And, Brother Malachi, you get to speak to me, man. Hey, I uh, appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for coming in on the show, man. Glad you're here. All right, L. One. Yes, yes, appreciate it, brother. All right, uh, Brother Pianca, you were making a comment before we had to get L in there. You were saying? Well, that's basically what I I had to say. Uh, I don't foresee any any civil war. If it is, you know, you got 40, you got over 40 black gun clubs. You got 20,000 members in the National African American Gun Association. But this is the hierarchy of things. You got your local police, you got your state patrol, then you got your state national guard. After that come the U.S. military. U.S. military come in all bits that are over. Then after the military, you got American citizens who are well armed. Now, if you get down to where you have American citizens, you're gonna have groups of varying various ethnicities. You're going to have whites and blacks in the same group. And you're going to have some of these fringe minds of both sides. So let's hope we don't get to that. And I don't think it will. We just got to be more active in what we aren't, haven't been doing in order to uh, get things back where they're supposed to be. I really appreciate the opportunity, fellas. Yes, Pianke. Good good to hear you, brother. I always feel free to call the show. We always enjoy hearing your voice, brother. Thank you very much. Yeah, and, and if I may, Brother Pianke, you know, I'm, I'm sure I've heard you before, but, you know, some of the stuff you said was just insightful for me. And so while this is Brother Seth's show, and I spend time here from time to time, I thank you for coming through because um, I, I basically have somewhat of a revelation about what it is that you said. I appreciate the comments. All right. Thank you very much. Yes, no problem. Yes. Well, Brother John, I just want to say this. Of course, we still got Brother, uh, 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 brother uh, the, the pastor of uh, 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 Malachi line is still open. And I want yes, to just say this to him. Uh, brother Malachi, if I may, but, uh, first of all, uh, John, I'm okay. are we good with time for me to ask the question? We, we are. What I'm going to do, Seth, is I'm going to make my final comment, and you can just ask your question, finish up. I'll still be sitting here in the cut. Um it, what the last thing that Brother Pianke stated is one one thing that I am familiar with, and that internet is, is about it's going to cut off. Your internet calls, internet listen is about to be cut off. Oh, good looking out, L. Anyone that's listening in by way of the internet, uh, you have all of about one minute. If you want to pick the show back up, you'll need to call back in to the number that uh, that, that was sent to you. Again, internet callers uh, who are listening in, you are about to uh, 
uh, be cut off. If you want to finish listening to the show, by all means, call back in. Uh, we'll just be having a few more minutes of discussion. And that's um, 914-215-5590. One more time, 914-205-5590. Thank you, I want to say something about the Pianchis because I didn't get to say it. Actually, well, as I came back on the line and I looked at the time, is I really do agree with 90% of what you stated, and I appreciate you coming in and informing us of the dust because that is a part of the battle, and we have to always remember that we fight on many different fronts, and we cannot disregard or despise one particular portion because that's not our calling or our purpose, but we need to be unified and know that we all bring something to the table. And what you brought to the table was very significant and it needed to be heard. So with that, I'm out, well, John. Appreciate it, brother. Um, good, hearing you, good hearing from you. Appreciate you being on the show again. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, now, back you're to saying the, at the end. Yeah, I was well, just I was, asking. Go ahead, go ahead. Right, I was finishing up. And um, this actually is indirectly to Brother Malachi since he was there at the march. Um, it takes many a year of preparation. If you are under the impression that you're going to be fighting the B system, it, it's like um, to make a uh, a decision that's like, I'm upset, I'm going to fight the B system. No, you need to be upset for 50 years. <laughs> and you need to be making plans and arrangements for 50 years, so to speak, because this system is an expert in war. And if you are not, and I'm not referring to you directly, Brother Apostle Malachi, I'm just saying, um, it's similar to when David was fighting Goliath. He said, you basically are a stripling. You know, you, you, you are a child, and you're going to be fighting a man who's been fighting since he was a child. And so... For the people who intend to undertake this particular venture, don't do it based on emotion. That's an ass whooping. Don't do it based on emotion. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that, uh, Brother well, L. Well, Brother John, I appreciate you again uh, moderating the show tonight. And uh, I will just wrap up here a little bit. Uh, I just want to say to um, – uh, uh, and again, brother, uh, I really appreciate. It. I know you got to go, so I appreciate, brother. You, uh, appreciate you, brother John, for moderating the show tonight. We're gonna wrap just a little bit, folks. I'm gonna talk with the brother a little bit longer. We're gonna wrap up the show. But brother, uh, 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 Pastor Malachi, listen, I want to say this to you, brother, and I'm very serious. Uh, I really, really agree with what, what John but said. I think uh, uh, a lot of our brothers, they just you got to understand who they are. They're not like you. You're born again. A lot of these brothers talk about weapons. It is true that you do take up arms, but those people are organized. Even the crews, they try to take over and ask a different crew. Sometimes they're organized, sometimes they're not. But the ones that are successful, they wind up taking over the government. Remember, they're talking about two or three million, sometimes five million people. We're talking about 300-some million. Taking over country, taking up arms, or taking over your... You know, I'm not saying it's not possible. I, I, I do think, again, we all need to own arms. I believe that. I've changed on that 100%. I think if we, if we need to be strategized, like you say, we need to have people. We need to just organize. But keep in mind what you're talking about. A very fragmented people. It's not going to be something quickly to do. 
And if you just take up arms and go out there, and, and you set yourself up for really, uh, yeah, there, in Fort Worth, they didn't even organize as the Black Panthers. And the Panthers wasn't that organized. So I'm saying you have to be very careful who you align yourself up with. This is why I push the people to get to know the Father more, because I feel like it, it, you, you heal more than one. You kill more. You, you hit. You, you, with one stone, you can you can you can accomplish a lot. This is not a passive thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about being aggressive. I'm talking about owning weapons. I'm talking about being able to protect your family. I'm talking about knowing your rights. I'm talking about neighborhoods banding together. I'm talking about all things y'all talking about. But the common denominator, or the thing I think we need first, is conviction, uh, a, a purpose. We need a manual. What are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? Are we trying to wipe out the white cracker? Are we trying to wipe out the white serpent? Are we trying to wipe out the blue-eyed devil? Or are we trying to cause peace among all men? It's different people with different... And I know you work with these brothers, and you know what I'm talking about. Y'all are not on the same page, because I used to meet with you. And I know a lot of these brothers, and you got to be very careful. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's okay to be upset. It's okay to go marching here, marching there. But what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Oh, I can't allow yeah. myself with the nation of Islam, this is this this Yes, they are black. And there's some things we have in common. We all want to leave our people alone. But when you start talking about what the solution is, brother, I, again, uh, and I'm, I, want you to, I want you to comment because you're out there with boots on, boots to the ground, like you say. And a lot of people listening, we still got a phone line full of people. I mean, full of people. Uh, but do you understand kind of what I'm saying? You, we've got to be uniform. Yes. Deacons for uh, defense. One, one more thing. Deacons uh, for defense. One more thing. One more thing. Deacons for defense. They all said they won't talk about no God, but they was uniform. You are talking about God. You're talking about Israel, God, we the people. Okay, they're just saying, look, we're going to have weapons. When they show up in our neighborhood, we're going to be standing on the roofs. I want you to stand on that roof, and you all go to the other community, and y'all get a roof over here. So when, when whites come in, literally, they have to stop at a patrol because it was their property, and they have to check in. And they can spend the one plan. And then at one point, the city's got to buck them, and they all went down to the city. Everybody talked their weapons and guns and said, it's, it's about to be on. And them black folks showed up, and everybody was packing. You know what those white, the white men said? Let's call it off. Because they knew we about to die. They gonna, some of them going to die, some of us going to die. Let's not do this. So I, I, yes. I, I, I respect weapons and, 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 and what Africa have done. Uh, 50-some nations, uh, I'm going to say 20 nations did it through, through violence. Yes, there is some freedom that will come through war. Israel did it, but when Israel did it, the Father said do it. There's a time when, the, when we could become a nation again, and I'm not afraid to say this on this network. When we become a nation again and we love ourselves and we united, we probably will go to war. And it may be Father ordaining it. But right now, that would be suicide. Please comment. Uh. You know, and I got a hand that went up. Erica, now three two seven. Okay, let me. You. Go ahead, take your time, brother. I'm not going to be long. I, I, I don't think my words was understood. I said, uh, since the city said what they said, what we are meeting to do is to uh, do everything that is legally possible within legal means 
to police ourselves and to do welfare check upon our people ourselves. The key words was, as is legally possible. Yeah. Had had that elder gentleman called some a, a reputable organiz, community organization to go do that welfare check on that lady, she will still be alive today. So I don't know how my words were just taken out of context. And then I said, we will, we do have a right to monitor police officers and see if they are misusing uh, their authority over our people like a community oversight in our neighborhood. That that is within legal means. And uh it's nothing and, and, and uh it's the gentlemen who are part of this civil rights organization, they all well not all of them, but most of them are legally licensed to carry a gun and self defense is not violence. Self defense is not violence. So I, I, I don't know uh I, I I didn't say I don't know all this other talk you understand, but no, I did no, say no, that that, that oppressed people Listen, hold a second. oppressed people. This yes. is not like we said. You said it's just there's a lot within that. We, I wanted to talk about violence of a lot of people you march with, uh, a lot uh-huh. of people that you don't even know. Hear me out. When the term violence came up. It just, I threw in what you said along with other things that I think you think I'm saying you said all that. Don't take it that way, brother. You didn't say all that. Again, you didn't say a lot, a lot of that. A lot of that you didn't say. You didn't say a lot of that I said. I wasn't pointing that at you. I, I mentioned you and some brothers you marched with who I know think that, but that isn't something you said or you advocate in your defense. I didn't make myself clear that's on me. Oh yes, yes, and, and uh, to the gentleman that was on, I want to say that, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, what he said, uh, part of what he said about this, the politics here in Fort Worth, Texas. I know he said it out of out of ignorance, because here in the city, we have uh, the police association that controls the political arena here in Fort Worth, Texas, and. All the city councilmen and women and the mayor, they all receive money from the police association, and they have a monopoly over who gets hired and who don't get hired. In Fort Worth, Texas, it's not the police chief that has the power. It's the president of the police association. And this is all documented. And they decide who get hired and who don't get hired, and they have more. They wage more power in this city than the police chief. As a matter of fact, I would step out and say that the police chief is a puppet, and the police association is the puppet master. I think you're right, and I think that's true for most cities. I know that's that's the case for Cincinnati as yeah, well. Yeah, for most cities, most cities it is like that. For most cities, I don't know about the particular city he's in, but in most cities, this is how a lot of these police officers. Before this officer resigned, they told him, "You go ahead and resign, and we'll just tell the press that we was going to fire you just to quiet down them Negroes." 
Well, let me ask you a pointed question because everybody knows you're a pastor as well, and you have a small congregation, but growing. And um, go to the, I'm coming to you, Erica, 903-279. Again, folks, I really appreciate y'all tuning into the Fossils on Network tonight. I didn't say it enough. Uh, those in the, in the chat room, I haven't had a chance to really look at the chat room. Please forgive me, but they got a hot one here tonight, but not so much hot as relevant and uh, very powerful information going forward tonight, folks, because a lot of our people is just done, feeling hopeless, feeling like where is the most high, feeling like it's us against the world, feeling like they don't have no other alternatives but to pick up arms and just started acting a fool. A lot of people, that is where they're at, especially those that are in the system and feel like, you know, the system is already against them. So this show is very much needed, and I thank everybody that's participated. We're not done. Well, we've got the, one more caller, and I'm finishing up with, with, with uh, uh, Brother Malachi. Uh, I want this to say to uh, Brother uh, 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 Ella I think he's gone, but he is still listening, but he needs to press one for his hand because now cause his hand is up, and he may be trying to say something. I don't know that. Uh, same um, with, um, well, that's it. That's it. But anyway, I want to ask you a question again. You're a pastor. A lot of people respect pastors and so forth. And you have boots on the ground. You're more in the streets than a lot of us brothers. If you heard that brothers was getting ready to go out and just take cops' lives, guerrilla warfare, would you be for it or against it? Now keep in mind, we heard what you said, and I vehemently, vehemently agree with you. I think. You didn't say this, but I'm going to add, everybody needs to be packing. Everybody needs to have weapons for their family. Everybody needs to know how to use the weapon. And here's a big one. Everybody needs to know their rights. I also add the most important element of these gun toters that they trust in the Most High and not in their weapon. And people might say, well, why should we own weapons if we trust the Most High? Same reason why a lot of your preachers on, on, on a lot of our white brothers and sisters out here teaching you all the scriptures and on, on television evangelists, while a lot of them own, but yet they're teaching the Word. It's just common sense because sometimes your faith, your faith, it's not faith at all, it's fear. And those times when you wave in your faith, you got a family. If somebody's in your house, obviously something is down. Your prayers are not working or something. You pray for the Father to protect you. If somebody's in your house, something is went wrong, and you cannot play around with your life like that. So we have locks on our doors as a backup because we wave in our faith. We have insurance because we wave in our faith. Things can happen. Even though we just say, Father, go with us, protect us as we go up and down the highways. Things can happen as we wave in our faith in this world. The Bible talks about the word going forth in our hearts, but a lot of times the cause of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, everyday life cause us to doubt. So this is why we should all own weapons. We all should, like the brothers say, Pastor Malachi on the line right now, we should be organized. Brothers should be looking out for our sisters. She's right. I don't think police would have the same attitude as when them lights show up at the community, brothers come all out looking. Like, what's up? I don't think they'll be so quick to shoot because they don't know which one of them brothers is truly happy or not. And then another thing is somebody, you know, might do some things to scare somebody else. If you see a police mis- 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 misbehaving, there are things we can do outside even taking their life that can avoid them acting up. Again, police are human beings. If they see 15 black men come out when they show up at the scene, I don't think they'd be acting a fool the way they're acting, especially if there's 15 black men that don't have that same mindset that we have now. So we got to care about each other more and love each other. When people see the love that we have for one another, they'll back up off. But if they're thinking they ain't going to do nothing, 
They ain't gonna they don't even work together. Then yeah, they'll come in and do what they wanna do. So brother Malachi is on point. Now what about the other question though, brother? Again, do you favor there's a reason I'm asking you this, because I know for a fact well, I ain't gonna go there, I'm just gonna say this. Do you believe in that? I actually, let me get this straight. I don't know nobody's doing this, okay? But I know some people that say stuff like this. Man, we need to just take a while to get these crackers with it. They say that, but they're not going to know. That's how we've been talking forever. But do you know brothers that talk like that? Do you agree with it? No, I don't agree with with that. I do do not agree with that. No, I don't. I do not agree with that. I just think that we should just uh, seek the Father, our Heavenly Father, through Hamashiach, whom the world called Jesus Christ. And we should look out to one another. You said be our brother's keeper. You know, if 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 if, if that was someone that the elder gentleman should have called who was a brother keeper or a sister's keeper in the neighborhood, then we should have been able to call one of our neighborly brothers or sisters to go and do that welfare check and not a and, and not uh, a police officer. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about community uh, uh, or, or, or policing and overseeing our people with with the love, the brotherly and sisterly, sisterly love that the commandments of, of the Bible teach. And this is what we teach Absolutely. when we go to the streets. When we go to the streets, we teach we teach the we teach the Ten Commandments and 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 and, and Christ and about us being. Uh, our brothers and sisters in our neighborhood, and that's the community oversight that we advocate and that I advocate as a pastor at the Lost Found Israelites, Fort Worth, Texas. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, if you don't mind, hold on, brother, before we got to have to show up anyway, and you, 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 fly, you, a lot of time holding on with us. Are you okay to take the phone call to the rest of the show? Yes. He may want to comment on something you're saying, okay? All right, well, I'm All glad. Right. Uh, you're okay, good. All right, Erica, 903 279, 903 279. I would like to know your city and your name, please, uh, uh, if possible. But go ahead with your question or comment. Hey, how y'all doing? This is uh, Brother Casselberry. I'm out of Tyler, Texas. Oh, Brother Casselberry. Yeah, how you doing, brother? All right, how you guys? Hey, I'm doing doing good. I had to come to you. I had to come to you. I didn't want to play the show with the question or the hand up. But go ahead, brother. What's your comment? Okay. uh, I'm uh, basically kind of a babe in the truth. I'm new to it. Fairly new, uh, and I just wanted to say that uh, if you if if you guys are the head of this thing, because everybody's kind of still in their phase of waking up, uh, if you press that red button too soon, I think it'll be disastrous, man. Uh, not saying that that that's we on the verge of doing just that, but the heads, the the the. The brothers that probably uh, got all got a lot of knowledge in the the word of uh, the Bible, uh, y'all the heads, man. This is still in the baby stage to me because a lot of us still are, are unwakened, still sleep. Um, if you hit that red button too soon, I just think it'll be a disastrous thing, man. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking because I'm I'm scared just thinking about the, <laughs> you know what what it all everything can lead to, man. But uh, uh, I'm trying. I'm gonna try to be brave. And I know. Hold on, hold on. I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. I think I know what you're saying. But what do you mean by push, pressing the red button? If you push that red button too soon, what do you mean? Oh, I'm just talking about all out shooting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got you, got you. Go ahead. War. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Just the head is going to lead the body, you know. Uh, the body going to follow what the head do. Absolutely. So uh, that's just, and uh, I, that's that's basically what I wanted to say out and put out there, man. That's about it. And, and, and another thing to add to what you say, you're absolutely right because a lot of young brothers do look up to some of us, and uh, they look like we, they act like we are the leaders. You're absolutely right. I'm so glad you said that, man, because I don't think a lot of us know just how much we're heard and listened to, and that's why I say I don't want to put our people in position of a bloodbath on the kind of few trying to get some points, street credit or whatever you call it in the struggle. Want to be like, yo, we went out with a blaze of glory type of stuff. You know, we got babies and children, and we're not a people of war. Uh, exactly. Pastor Malachi, we're yes. not a people of war. We're going up a people that is very familiar with weapons, very familiar with how to handle weapons, very familiar with taking lives. I'm not talking about all whites. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not really even making this a black and white thing. Even though I know a lot of our white businesses are about to lie and they're full of white supremacy, I still think a lot of us have the same germ as they couldn't be where they're at unless we buy into the fact that they are superior and we, and we, and we buy into the fact we are inferior. It's the same coin. I hear some little noise. Y'all quick, please. Whoever making a little noise, watch that, please. Meet me if you're not speaking. But we're closing the show, but I really appreciate that comment. Um, uh, is, is that your final comments, brother? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, thank you for allowing me on the show. Well, Brother Casper, listen, just we appreciate you, brother, all the way in Tyler, Texas. I know you are. All right, brother. <laughs> So I'm so hearing your voice again, and I look forward to seeing you next week. I don't know what it'll be about, but it's gonna be um, something where they can stop you. Probably along these same lines, because this police shooting is out of control right now, right? But thank you for calling the show. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. All right, well, that was brother Cassidy, all the way. Shalom, brother. All the way in Tyler, Texas. We're closing out with Pastor Malachi. Final words, Pastor Malachi. Uh, again, we do understand you, brother. We not we know you're not only dumb stuff, and we appreciate your your war, your warring, your being out on the street. I don't I know I know I'm not always with you, but I'm with you at heart. And I'm doing I'm fighting on another front. You're fighting on another front. We have to respect each other fronts, and I think we do. Uh, but final words on this conversation tonight. Again, um, uh, talking about solutions for unprovoked murders nationwide of African Americans by whites. Uh, final words, please. Well, um, uh, I do want to encourage our people to uh, participate in uh, uh, in the political process. And for my Hebrew Israelite awakening family, they may want to know, well, give me a scripture on that. Because a lot of our people think that since we're in the truth, we don't have to participate in the civil uh, uh, political process. But... Remember what the Most High told Jeremiah to tell the people in captivity uh, to seek the peace of the city. And sometimes yes. to seek the peace of the city, you sometimes this is the only reason why I engage uh, the political process is Good because point. the Bible says we seek the peace of the city. Why? Because we are here. Our babies are here. Our families are here. We are here. And we have to remember that there's a difference between the justice that 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 man can give you and the justice that Yah or God can give you. Remember, he said, vengeance is healed. And just like they didn't give due justice to that woman who murdered our brother, Bolton Jean, 
Well, the Most High brought that tornado through and brought his justice. It is biblical that he does use the weather pattern like he used in Egypt to bring huh. justice. And I want to end with that. Malachi, I'll respond Israelites. Thank you for having me on. Well, brother, good to have you on. I appreciate you, and uh, I will look forward to hearing from you next week. All right, folks, that was uh, Pastor Malachi out of Fort Worth, Texas. Again, the brother, you know, is level-headed. He's not talking about some pie in the sky. His brother's saying, hey, we got to uh, use our heads, you know, uh, own weapons, organize in our communities, protect our women. Nothing stupid. Not going, going, we ain't trying to start nothing with these people. We're trying to love these people to the kingdom, uh, preach the gospel, love our own first, and, and, and teach them who they are, and have them to, uh, uh, by way of our ethnicity, point them to Christ, and, and, and walking with a more harmonious relationship with the Father through Christ, I should say it like that. And, uh, folks, that's what we're all about here at the Five Most Stone Network. It's just that simple. We, we're lovers, lovers, lovers. Sometimes tough love. And, yes, don't, 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 don't misassociate us now. There is a time to go to war. There is a time to go to war. Like, there may be a time you have to kill somebody, but I think it's only in self-defense. Okay? And once we become a nation again, the Father authorized war, the Father authorized war. But according to the Scriptures, that's not how it's going to go down. It's not going to be needed once this nation is restored. So just know that, but I'm not afraid of war. I'm not afraid of a time to kill. I'm not afraid of a time to wound. I'm I'm not afraid of a good old fight. I just feel like that don't solve much. It really creates more enemies, and that is the truth, folks. I love every single one of y'all. Yes, I do. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. And I want to say to the Israelites, black so-called African Americans, you are the people of that Bible. You are the Father's once chosen people, and he still is choosing you to do some other things in the earth. But we have to turn to the Most High uh, by way of Christ first. And he is using us and going to use a remnant of us to do a mighty work in the end. But make no qualms about it. He started with Israel. He started with our people. We have a glorious past, and we even have a glorious present. We just don't know all the wonderful things that we're doing all across this country. We're not just on menial jobs. There's a lot of great things going on with our people, and we should be very, very, very encouraged, very, very, very excited about living, about life, because the Father is a powerful being, and he loves us. He loves us. Do not buy the white supremacy. You hear from some of us and even others. We are somebody. We are some people. And uh, we are the people of that Bible. And I believe it with every fiber of my being. And like I say, I'm very serious. I love every single one of y'all. I'm saying a lot tonight because I just want us to know we are full of hope. We're not just at the hands of these people. They are taking some of us out, but most of us are still living, still have the, uh, the activity of our limbs and those that are taken out, we need to lift up those families and pray and, and try to learn. And I don't mean pray like, I mean getting to know the Father so much so when we talk to him, we believe that he hears us and that we see him. It's very important. I'm so glad I thought to say this, folks, and I'm wrapping up this show. But it's so important. If you miss everything that we heard tonight, please hear what I'm about to say. And this final song. It's very important. We get out of the spooky realm with this with this so-called religiosity thing. We, there is a God. There is an Elohim. There is a higher power.
because some of our people, again, is taking our lives more so than some of these cops. Evil is all around us. People are dying all around us for some of the dumbest reasons. But the Father has put angels on this earth, folks. That stuff is not make believe. It's powerful. It's the truth. There are angels, uh, angelic presences, and the reason why a lot of us don't see them or hear more about them because we don't believe it. We don't. We don't read the scriptures. We don't get into the Word to see just why they're here, what they're here for, to be able to use them properly. And also, there's something called the nine gifts of the Spirit, where the Father will rise up inside of us by His Spirit and cause us to know something that we didn't study for. It's called the Word of Knowledge. It's a powerful gift that rises up in us where we can know things that we ordinarily wouldn't know. And this is how we can sometimes detect the enemy is going to do something and, and make haste before it even get to us. There's something called discerning of spirits where you can just see, feel the presence of evil uh, uh, outside of other people even feeling it and know to make your move for your protection. There's something called a gift of miracles where if you are in danger, something can you can pray or you can perform miracles. This is what happened many times in the scriptures when the spirit come upon the prophets and they was able to do all kind of miracles that just baffles the mind, you know, sleep with lions and not get aid and, and cause axes to float to the top of the water. Just, just, just all kind of miracles that's just uncomprehendable to the everyday mind because, again, we're, we're not walking that close with the Father. Folks, y'all got to get this crazy stuff out of y'all head about the Creator and get to know Him more. He is a Father. He loves us, and He has tools in place to protect us. These gifts of the Spirit and this angelic protection, not to mention His Holy Spirit that and, and, and teaches us about Him to where we get closer and, and, and love Him more and believe Him more to where when we pray, it's not just to a spook. And that's what's the wrong with, with, that's what's up with us. A lot of us is praying to a spook. He's just nothing more than a spook. We're just too out of touch. We're just too far. We're just too out of touch with this being. So, anyway, I'm going to wrap this show up. I'll see you next week. Stay tuned, folks. Spread that link I sent to you, many of you, to meet your friends. And don't forget to follow the show. Also, I want to just remind everybody to go to www.gospelwild.com. Gospel Tracks Wild. Again, Gospel G O S P E L Tracks T R A C T S com And uh, patronize our good friend, Brother Dan Wallace, who is out here sharing the gospel with people all over the world. He is our advertiser. We didn't get a chance to do a plug for him today, but I'm letting y'all know now. Go to uh, the, the, his website and order tracks. If you mention the five from the stone, you will get 25 tracks free of charge at Gospel tracks again dan wallace who's been serving the father for about 37 years and he's spreading the truth by way of his tracks good night everybody check this song out this will bless you Bye.
Jesus, now, oh. 